0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of KOPW. Uh, I am here with another Phil Singer Games edition. Super excited! Uh, we've got the new December game releases to talk about, and I am joined, of course, by Todd Derschel, Mike Maleski, and our special guest, the man of the hour, the uh, the author of Battle Lines, uh, the new set um, set on Kronos. I've got Rob Boby in here, and uh, I'm super excited. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, uh you know I we were just talking off mic. Uh I I had a chance um to see uh, a lot of this stuff early because I worked on that that video that we presented at the last uh virtual con. And so uh there was a moment I had earlier where I thought gosh, I don't really know what I'm going to ask because I feel like I have so many ideas already about the set and and I, I haven't actually started playing uh my chronosped yet, but like I have all these ideas that I've had for a while and so it took me a moment to be like oh, I want to ask about this. I want to ask about this. And luckily you have a few things to talk about. So we're going to do a deep dive on battle lines later. Um, But before we get into that, uh, I do, of course, want to talk about the other two big releases. We've got the Women of the Indies 2020 and of course the Legends Expansion 6, both of which are just incredible additions to the Indie and Legends game lines, respectively. Uh, I think the Legends... Expansion in particular has just you know, blown up the message boards. Um, the, uh, the, the thread covering the expansion set is up to about 164 pages now, I think, something like that, uh, which, is, which is incredible. And, uh, we will certainly get to that in a second, but let's go ahead and start with the women of the Indies. Uh, you know, on our last episode, we were able to talk about most of the women uh, in the set because they'd already been revealed. There were only a couple of names left. Um, Angelina love and Mandy Leon, which now of course have, uh, uh been revealed or are in the set. Um, and then we had Lainey luck, uh, I believe was our last, uh, reveal of the set. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before, back before you know we ever even did a Phil Singer Games uh, episode. Uh, women's wrestling has always been something that I've loved. Um, I, I think this set is great. I'm thrilled to have names like Kylie Ray um, and Eva and, and Killer Kelly and Layla Hirsch uh, in particular in the set. Um I, I think it's a really great set. It's balanced well with some names that have been around for a while. You know, somebody like Angelina Love, um, somebody like Eva uh uh who who had national exposure on Lucha Underground obviously, um and then uh you know, kind of newer names that people are starting to take notice of like Layla Hirsch, who's had a, a great run, uh, in AEW, uh, thus far. And then of course, Willow Nightingale, who's somebody who's really kind of, you know, torn up the Indies, um, and, and, uh, held the, um, the tag team titles in Chikara before Chikara closed down, uh, with Solo Darling, which is pretty cool. So, um, Todd, what were your thoughts ab- about the set and like during the creation uh, of the set?
2: Well, you know, we wanted to get, you know, a good you know, I think the focus was getting some really good names for it. You know, this is you know, best of the best of the Indies. We really wanted some top talent across, you know, a number of different areas. So not just really focused on one area. So, you know, we had some ones that yeah, there's definitely some shimmer names, some ones that are in ROH, uh, some ones that have been, some women have been an impact as well as some ones that have just kind of come in from, you know, other different areas. Like, uh, and, you know, I, I'll admit there's a couple of names I wasn't super familiar with beforehand that have actually gotten a huge name. I think even since like killer Kelly, I didn't know too much about her before the, uh, before the collective, I know she had done some stuff, I believe over in, um, in the UK uh, scene and whatnot. And now she's really starting to get a bigger name for herself, which is great to see. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I, there's a couple names I really wanted to get in there, like Kylie Ray. You know, a big fan of her, um, and um, and Eva Lise, Again, you mentioned Lucha Underground. That's you know the big you know big fandom of mine there. Uh, so I was thrilled to get that. Uh, you know, Ty was able to sign her. So I mean, really, a lot of the credit here goes to Ty to really reaching out and uh, getting in touch with a lot of the women for this set and really wanting to, to see this through. I think we had a handful of names and Zeke had a couple of women that he was able to, you know, sign later on to kind of fit in and make it, make it work. Uh, but yeah, really a lot of, a lot of the credit goes to Ty and, and reaching out uh, to, uh, to women and coming up with the uh, stats and, and also to, to Warner who I think really nailed the artwork on this. Set. Yeah. The artwork really pops for everything here. Great colors. And then just really, I just think overall just, Excellent, excellent
0: work. I completely agree. I think the Killer Kelly art actually might be my favorite. You know, it's interesting to note about her. She's only been in the business for uh, about four years, and uh, it took her just a little over a year, and she became the very first WXW women's champion, um, which, you know, it's kind of a big deal, uh, WXW being one of the premier European um companies uh based out of Germany and and they've just had uh you know some incredible talent come through there um over these past few years most of whom are now in in WWE uh or right. wrestling in NXT you know like Walter Iliad uh, Dragunov, you know and, and so it's a uh it's a great promotion and they are actually if you want to watch not that I want to shill for WWE, quite frankly, but if you do want to watch some WXW shows, uh, they've got uh, uh, a bunch of them now on the network, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's one of their indie promotions that they've, that they've spotlight, uh, that they put the spotlight on. But um, I also love the Willow Nightingale art. You know, there's it, oh, yeah. it's kind of a simple pose, but it just, it's just perfect.
2: Yeah. Nice superhero looking pose there. I, th- I think that one came out great. I really wanted to get her in the set too. You know, again, you know, Last Campeonatos de Parejas with the solo. We had solo in there, so I, yeah, I really wanted to get a card for Willow, and I think I think it just turned out great. I think yeah, the, the texture and her hair and just kind of the overall look, I think, really popped on that. Yeah. One, so.
0: Well and she and you know, she took notice of it too. I know when the art was posted uh on Twitter, uh she responded to that um yeah. and thought it was, you know, fantastic. And so it's always cool when the talent is excited about it. And you know, you'll see some talent, like I think it's AJ Gray. I mean there's others, but he's the first one that pops yeah. to mind that actually uses his card art as his avatar on Twitter, right. which is always cool. That's um, always cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to see them, you know, enjoying it uh just as much as as we do. It's you know, it's interesting too, um, because obviously you've got somebody like Angelina Love who has been around for a while and and you know really kind of ruled the the impact women's division, uh knockouts division, uh for for quite a while. Um and you know Madison Rain, who obviously already has a game card, um, was a partner of hers and um they've both been partners and at odds. So it's it's nice to have kind of that built in um You know, partner or feud. And then, of course, Mandy Leon, who is uh, uh, a current partner of Angelina Love in Ring of Honor. Um, It's interesting is Ring of Honor, you know, the division used to be Women of Honor, but they've they've done away with the Women of Honor thing and now they're just going to have a ring of honor women's championship um and going forward uh and uh I, I think that you know you've got names in this set that would be contenders for that title which is cool so again like you were saying if you want to throw them into your ring of honor fed they've got a place um you know if you're doing a shimmer fed um you know there's names that have been you know in shimmer before uh, obviously like Lee's kylie ray and, and willow nightingale you know, Kylie Ray. It's it's interesting. She's kind of a bittersweet name in a lot yeah. of ways in the set because obviously, you know, um, to respect her, uh, I, no need to go into it too much. But she decided to call it quits and uh, you know, hang up, hang up her boots and 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 move on, which is really unfortunate because she was someone that you know, a, a number of times was just really poised to be. I, I think one of the the biggest stars in women's wrestling and um you know just never really kind of materialized for a number of reasons and uh i just have to say i'm so glad though that we have a card for her because she's someone that i took notice of you know a few years back uh seeing her uh at rise and shimmer uh and and just really thought she had a great you know great look a a great energy a great gimmick uh and she could go in the ring you know that was the thing that 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 was you know key for me it's like okay you know she's got a good look she's got this great energy and then all of a sudden she steps in the ring and she was really good you know from the first time i ever saw her so um it's too bad that she's not working you know, not wrestling anymore but it's awesome that we have this card
2: no absolutely and yeah i think that's a cool thing that we can do with some of these indie car indie sets like last year in the uh, 2019 women's set we did a card for chris wolf who had recently retired before that uh, so, you know, it's cool with, you know, a couple of different you know, cards. I think there was one in the uh, evolve set, you know, recently to a guy we had planned to do a card for, it and he wound up having to retire right beforehand, uh, then, uh, to, uh, Peter Casa. And like, yeah, so like there's, you know, it's cool that we can do these cards for guys who kind of got into a certain place and like, you know, what if their career continued, you can kind of right. play that out with it, which I, I kind of like that.
3: I
0: yeah, absolutely, and it, I mean, it lends itself to the idea that you know, like with legends, it's it's almost an accepted thing that you're you're kind of creating your own world, your own you know, your own timeline, and you know, mixing people from uh, different eras and that sort of stuff. And and it it holds true even for the for the indies fed as well. Um, and obviously with a set like battle lines, that's what it's all about. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but, uh, Mike, I'm curious, what, uh, what were your thoughts about this, uh, women of Indy set and, and what work did you, uh, did you do on the set?
3: Well, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I did my normal production work on the set, but from, uh, you know, it was really Todd and Ty and, and to some degree Zeke, uh, really working on this, uh, set. They, they did the lion's share of the work. I think it's, I, I really, I think you can just see the reaction to it. I mean, there's so many, um, names that people wanted to see that they got in this set. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. We've got, you know, someone like Angelina Love, who, uh, obviously is a, is a big name on the, on the women's side, uh, not just now, but for the, for years now. Um, and then you got some up and coming people like Mandy Leone in it. So I, I think it's, it's just a great set. I think all of, uh, you know, any, anybody who's a fan of women's wrestling that I've seen react to it is it's been nothing but positive. And I think that speaks, um, they were, were, we're really glad that those women, uh, chose to let us do game cards, but also I think the work of the, the Indies team was, was fantastic on this set.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, you know, I was excited to to see the names that had been signed and, uh, you know, I think that it, it's cool that, you've got that, you know, like you said, you've got that mix of names where people who have been around for a while. And then you've got some of these people like Layla Hirsch who are really just starting to kind of like hit and people are really, really interested in. Um, and I, you know, I, for one, I uh, think that that's one of the great things about these sets because we've seen before, you know, even like the best of Canada set where you've got some established names that people, you know, who follow indie wrestling or maybe not even following indie wrestling, but just wrestling in general, they're going to know some of those names. And then there were other names where you might not know them as well. And, and now we're seeing, you know, two or three of those names on AEW every week. And we're seeing a couple of those names in Japan. We're seeing a couple of those names on MLW. And so it's, you know, it's always really cool to kind of see, uh, uh, the talent, you know, get more recognition after the fact, but it's also really neat when a set kind of has that synergy where it's just like some of those names are already starting to, to explode. Um, Rob, what are your thoughts
1: on the women's set? Um, I thought I looked really good. I thought there was a lot of, great colors. I thought Warner did a great job. I'm not super familiar with a lot of the names, Um, maybe the way you guys are, but uh, that's kind of the great thing about our games is you can learn a lot about wrestlers uh, when we get them signed and you read those bios.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's one of my favorite things about both the legends and the indie sets is that there's always a couple of names that I'm not as familiar with. Um, You know, with this set, uh, not so much. I mean, I, I did know, you know, who, who all these women were beforehand, but there have definitely been cases where, you know, an indie set or or a legend set, especially will throw a wrestler my way that I'm not too familiar with. And and it's just so much fun to always to to learn more. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great set. It's a perfect addition. If you're already running, you know, a women's fed or an indie fed, and you want to add some more female talent, um, you know, you can get it digitally or in print. Um, it's, it's available now. And I, I, I just definitely, you know, for, for my money, it's one of my favorite indie sets of the year. I'm, I'm always a huge fan uh, of the women's sets in general. Um, but I think, you know, for me, this is, you know, on par with the men's set in a lot of ways. Um, and that's, you know, and, and that's no small feat. I mean, considering that the that the men's set had like Danhausen, uh, Warhorse, you know, Blake Christian, Alex Zane, you know, some, some really big names as well uh, on on the indie circuit and also, Beyond like ring of honor in Japan. So uh, uh, just a great way, I think for the indie sets to kind of go, go out in, in 2020. Um, Todd, can you, can you tease anything for 2021 for us for the indie side?
2: Well, um, you know, we're still have a couple of decisions to make, but I will say, you know, in 2020, we didn't have any partnerships with anything. Everything was kind of a best of set. We did uh, the best of Mexico at the beginning of the year we did best, uh, best of the Indies, the men's set, the tag team set, and the women's set. Uh, you know, next year I expect some type of a best of set uh, as well. You know, at least you know a men's one I would assume to be in there, probably a women's one again as well. Uh, but I will say we will have at least one partnership set uh, starting uh, that we'll we we'll we'll, we should be ready to announce that in January at that our uh, next virtual con exactly what that partnership is.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, I, I certainly look forward to that. That'll be, uh, it's always great, you know, to get those partnerships. And in the past, I've always been, you know, just uh, pleasantly surprised and, and enthused over over the Feds that, uh, you know, have had these sets and, um, you know, whether it's I, I, a... Well-
2: I will say though it's a little it might be a little different than some of our other partnership sets there just based on what it is what it is there but I think overall I think people people who are big into indie wrestling are going to think it's pretty cool. That, that, nice. I would that. Yeah.
0: So would you say it might be similar to kind of like the PWI set where it was you know represented multiple feds but but under an umbrella as opposed to maybe like you know this is Ring of Honor or this is Evolve.
2: Eh, maybe i don't know but we, you'll learn a lot more in january i don't want to give too much away at this point so Sam, Sam's I'm, really yeah, I, I'm just doing my now. job he's getting man. more
3: comfortable with this he's really know, digging I, he's, now, so, he's yeah.
2: pressing me here <laughs> listen, i Coming
3: gotta go a broadcast journalist <laughs> and a broadcast journalist over there
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's really cool. I, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that. Uh, you know, here's a question that I know um, a lot of people are always asking, and even me personally. There are some names that I would love to see. Uh, you know, any um, you know. No specifics, but any updates that you think might be coming our way? Is that something that you know will be more of a game time decision, or are there people in mind already to get an update? Maybe you
2: know, you know, a lot of times with the indies, it's very much a game time decision. Like it's you know, a lot of things you know with champions, we can kind of plan things a little bit in advance. We can plan a little bit in advance with indies, but a lot of times we also want to see what kind of comes to us there. Like who's who's the hot guy? Who's the hot you know girl that's in there? Who do people really want to see an update for? Like this, this this year we did those the polls for the updates in Indies Prime. I'm guessing we're probably going to do that again, you know, for yes. next year as well. Um, you know, uh, if there's something else that makes sense and we want to do another update, uh, we certainly can. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. At this at this point, I I don't plan too far in advance because you know some opportunity comes up. I don't want to say you know we can't do that because we're already. You know, too far into this, I try to think, keep things a little bit loose with that, but knowing what our primary plan is, and knowing, all right, if we need to pivot, we can. So that, right. that's kind of the way I keep keep with the indies there.
0: No, I mean it makes a lot of sense, especially just you know with what with what little I've been able to learn, you know these past couple of months and, and kind of like some of the behind the scenes stuff with the Legends set, uh, which we'll talk about here shortly. Um, you know it's it's clear that it's best to 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 have that, you know, to be able to roll with it, uh, and I think it it speaks a lot, honestly, about your guys' ability to you know still produce these sets, um, you know, in such a professional manner because y- y- you know you, you're able to slot some of these people in last minute in order to give. Uh, you know the the promoters. I, I think these wonderful you know surprises within the sets and you know i think the legend set this time around is, is obviously a perfect example of that but before we move to legends you know i do want to mention with the prime cards like you uh, were talking about just a second ago todd uh we got three um you know great cards uh, uh this time around one for allison k um which is just a great update the art again uh that warner did is fantastic um mm. you know the, the new stats are great um, it, you know, it's just, it's a perfect update for somebody who, um, you know, we were kind of talking about last time around has become, I, I think kind of, uh, uh, on the indie circuit in particular has become sort of that, um, you know, I, I hate to use this term, <laughs> but the elder States woman in a lot of ways of, 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 of women's wrestling. And is really kind of a locker room leader, uh, w- you know, wherever she's wrestling, whether it's in or impact. Um, and, and, and I think that that, you know, Will will always be true. She's she's tough as nails. I've seen her. I, I once saw her take a bad bump on the ring apron, split her head open, bleed all over the place. Come out at intermission for pictures and autographs, and then you know, uh, uh, be pissed off that she that they wouldn't let her wrestle. So um, she's she's an awesome talent. She wrestled later that weekend. Uh, but, uh, so, so a really cool update for her. Uh, we also got a great update for Willie Mack, um, which is, I mean, this one in particular, I, is one that I know a lot of people wanted for, for a long time. And it's just, a, I mean, it's a great card, great artwork. Um, you know, I think it, uh, it is a worthy, worthy update, uh, from his, um, NWA Hollywood card. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's always great again, just to see talent like that get even more and more recognition, which I think he certainly has in the intervening years since that, uh, NWA Hollywood card was released. And then of course the third card, uh, we have is the, uh, the manager card for Selena de la Renta, um, with some, with some great, you know, interference, uh, chart on, on the back. Um, do you want to talk about any of those cards in, in particular, Todd?
2: Well, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, who, who to put, kind of put up in all the polls there. And we had an idea on some of them there. We've got people that we wanted to put in the polls. Uh, and we kind of figured Selena De Lorento was going to run away with it. We, we kind of figured that one. I mean, I, I voted for, uh, you know, Larry Legend myself because I, I, you know, I, I signed Larry a number of years ago. And, you know, hopefully one day we'll get a card for him. Uh but um yeah, I kind of figured she would. What's interesting on the other ones, we kind of came up with a couple names and we floated out like, well, who do you guys want to see? And honestly, uh um Allison Kay and uh Willie Mack were not on our original lists. But There was mm. enough people that were kind of saying it in the when we were putting out for you know who people wanted to see. We're like, all right, let's put him in the votes. Like, even Willie Mack was kind of like, well, I think one person, one or two people maybe mentioned him. I'm like, oh, well, I think that'd be good. He needs one, like, he really needs an upgrade. You know, we he was in Lucha Underground, he's been in Impact, like, you know, he's really far beyond where he was. And he really took off with it, I was, which I'm thrilled because you know, he uh, you know, Zeke, I know, was definitely thrilled. He's uh, yeah, you know, friendly with, with Willie himself, so he was, he was really thrilled to have that. So, it was definitely kind of cool this one was definitely uh brought upon by the fans we floated out there who people want to see people told us we put up the vote and they confirmed it so i, and I think that's great um, yeah you yeah, know we didn't get our eddie kingston update there i didn't feel right i wanted it out i there. wanted I got, it so bad believe me i wanted it too i just didn't feel right doing it this year you know people didn't vote in last year we had hammerstone instead but yeah hopefully someday we'll get that uh, eddie kingston update we definitely know he needs it. So.
0: Honestly, I would think with the work he's done, I literally just since the the poll closed, the work he's done in AEW alone since the poll closed warrants it, because he, is, he has been one of the best talkers, one of the best like in-ring. Like He's just he's a guy that goes in there, and it's, you know, I mean, AEW has some really incredibly talented athletic people who, you know, can flip and dive all over the ring, and, and Eddie obviously is not that, but when he gets in that ring, the stories that he tells, you know, the matches that he had with Cody, I mean, he's he's fantastic and he's a guy that deserves a lot more than anything he's ever gotten as far as I'm concerned. So uh, hopefully he does get that card uh, at some point, but, um, but I digress Uh, (laughs) the, 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 of course the, you know, again, uh, a set that really just kind of exploded on the message boards. People have been so excited about Uh, the legends expansion. Six set is now, out uh digitally and in you know some people's mailboxes we should we should probably just say up front that obviously due to uh uh, covid um due to more people mailing things than ever before during the holiday season due to covid and uh, of course also due to a big snowstorm on the east coast that a lot of mail is moving a lot slower uh, than it normally would be which is certainly um going against the the herculean efforts of todd to get all of this mailed out um so some people have not yet received their sets in the mailbox but of course you can pick it up digitally and you'll have it right away uh and i mean just i have to say that this set is is definitely a home run as far as the legend sets go um mike why don't you tell us a little bit about this set
3: well i think it's a set that that people have been uh talking about for a while we have obviously a lot of Um, you know, a lot of guys who who were, had, you know, big piece of their career in the eighties and, you know, we did the nineties set last year and and I think a lot of people were looking for it, Um, you know, and, and we, we were fortunate enough to sign some names that that really fit the era. So, you know, it wasn't just, you know, redos of guys, but we actually wanted to have some, some good names. And, and uh, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, back to I guess what Todd was saying earlier about being flexible. We, we weren't sure we were doing this, uh, set until right before Galacticon. Um, that was sort of when it, it, it became, it, we, we got, uh, the dynamite kid not long before, um, Galacticon and that sort of, you know, you know, cinched the deal, so to speak. Um, so to have him, to have the barbarian, to have, um, Adrian Adonis made it. And then, you know, in terms of the flexibility, you know, the thing we, we were, you know, we were still going for some other people and we thought about saving, uh, Manny Fernandez is, 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 another new name in the set. We thought about saving him for a subsequent set we have planned, but when uh, and, and, and Gordon solely as well. And then when this one name that we thought would be the last one didn't come through, we, we, we pivoted and put these guys in there. Um, so I think that it's, um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's, we get good news and, and we, we put guys in. I don't want to say it was bad news. The, the bad news was we didn't get the one guy, but, but the, but the good news was we got to put those other two, uh, big names, which is why at Galacticon I said it was going to be less than five, uh, this time. And <laughs> we wound up with five because we, it wasn't on the original plan, but I, I think it just, it, as we got to talking, you know, about it, as we got closer to the release, it made, sense to put those guys in there, um, you know, cause we have, you know, you want to cover the eighties. You've got um, some guys who, uh, you know, were all over the place in the eighties. You've got guys in the Midwest guys from the Northeast, the South. So um, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a really good set. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, I was, uh, you know, really pleased to finally be able to do the, uh, the warlord and the barbarian as a team. I mean, we have a, a warlord, card from earlier that was more, you know, sort of indicative of his career outside of the powers, you know, era. Um, and I think that, uh, being able to do the card with him and barbarian and and the cards still function, you know, sort of reflect their singles careers to some degree as well. But I like being able to, you know, have the two of them together and barbarian by the way, is one of the coolest guys in the business uh, that you'd like to (laughs) meet. So, um i was uh you know it was, it was great to sign him he was very gracious and uh i'm uh, I'm glad we are able to finally do that card
0: yeah you know it's something uh that that I think you're kind of speaking to is that uh there's there's a great versatility with this set because it would be very easy to say this is our northeast eighties set you know and then obviously solely and Fernandez would have had to have been sacrificed for somebody else to really make those pieces fit but when you look at the you know the overall makeup of this set. It's, you know, yes, you've got a lot of names that worked, you know, in the Northeast in the 80s, but, you, you know, it runs a lot deeper than that. I mean, you think about the territories that somebody like Coco B. Ware took part in or, you know, where Manny Fernandez wrestled or the Barbarian and Warlord, for that matter. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I think, forget that that powers of pain started in Jim Crockett promotions. You know, it wasn't a WWF original and so you know you've got Adrian Adonis who worked everywhere you've got Morocco who worked everywhere you know dynamite kid you know it, it, there's there's a versatility to the set that I think for promoters who are you know looking to recreate whether they've got, you know, kind of a, uh, sort of a Southern, you know, Florida or, or, or Georgia or Memphis, you know, fed, or if they've got, you know, a Midwestern, you know, kind of feel, or if they're going Pacific Northwest, you know, wherever it is that they're putting it, you know, I think that these cards lend themselves to, to anywhere, um, you know, obviously Northeast as well. And so I, I, I just think that it, it works on so, on so many levels and, and, and the guys that are included, the names that are included, um, you know, are just huge selling points and, and clearly dynamite kid is the star of the show for a lot of people. Um, you know, myself included. Um, but that's said, there's not, you know, there's not a bad name in the bunch.
3: <laughs> no, no. I, I think it's, it's, uh, top to bottom. I mean, quite frankly, we we've been very fortunate. Um, you know, we've had a lot of uh, just a great run the last few years of, of great names. Um, you know, Coming in to, into the game, uh, but this one is probably, um, you know, it, it's top to bottom. I think it, it it compares favorably to any set we've ever done.
0: Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. You know, I mean, I'm really really partial to that Mid Atlantic set. Uh, I thought that that was a, a killer set. Um, you know, but there've been, I mean, there've been other great sets and this one. I, yeah, easily, you know, stands with any of them. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the specific cards, uh, uh, briefly. I, I, I want to just start with the Gordon Soldi card mainly because, um, anyone who, who subscribes to promoter prime, uh, gets a two for one out of this. And I love it. I love the fact that it's two different pieces of artwork. You know, I, I love the fact that we get the pre-match and the post-match interview. It's like that to me, I, you know, people are always kind of, you know, talking about the surprises or whatever, but that to me was just a really wonderful surprise. And I, and I love the fact that, that we've got that, um, Todd, can you tell us a little bit about the decision to, to include solely and, and, you know, those charts and, and, uh, again, the idea that we've got two, as opposed to just, you know, one Gordon solely card.
2: Well, I, I, you know, wasn't my decision on that one, but I definitely thought it was a cool one uh, to do <laughs> to get that extra bonus. It's actually, yeah, you know, the fourth uh, card in Promoter Prime, which we haven't done in the last couple of years there. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, um, you know doing that extra solely card that was something Mike wanted to do. I think we nice. had all these different stats for like pre and post match interviews, and it wasn't quite fitting all in one card. It was be a little thing. It was like, "Well, why don't we do a second card?" And then, you know, and then Werner just, you know we asked him, well, can you take the artwork and kind of put a different suit on him and get rid of the, you know, Rose and like, he nailed it. You know, it looks great. You know, yeah.
1: I might
2: even, I might even like the alternate better than the regular one. I don't know. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I think they, uh, I think it both looks great. It's really neat having both versions of him uh, on that. So that, that was definitely really cool. Well,
3: yeah. well, and a, little, a little inside baseball for everybody. It, it, to, what Todd said was true. You know, we, the, 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 the stats weren't fitting uh, on the on the card. We couldn't do both charts, so we decided, you know, I, I you know, sort of made the call, and and, and we we uh, we agreed, you know, that it would be good to kind of do a, a little thank you giveaway to to uh, our legends fans. Uh, but uh, truth be told, Todd was the one who actually uh, picked the the uh, solely outfit for the first card, right? Nice. Uh, and 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 I'm the one who pick the changes for the alternate card and i just find it funny that todd actually prefers the art that i uh, uh coordinated as opposed to the one he did so
2: yep yep yeah okay. i like i like the pose on the first one and just kind of going with the outfit that was there but then reusing nice. it in a different color that's was the one thing i liked the pose but the outfit i was kind of like iffy on but then he's like, oh, we can just change the, change the app. I'm like, okay. And he did a great job doing that. I think it, I think it looks even better.
0: <laughs> it's interesting because, yeah, I would, I would certainly think that the that the Prime version has a little bit more of a timeless quality to it. Whereas the one that's in the Legend set, it's like that's 1970s Florida without a doubt. Like there's no – that's that's not even 1970s. That's like early 70s Florida. Like you know what I mean? Like that's the vibe that it gives off. Uh, even if the picture is is, is from another I think
3: time, it
2: was actually from Crockett, if I'm not mistaken. That really? it was actually, from a Crockett interview segment. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: nice. a, yeah.
3: And, and I think that you know it was it was good to sort of put that in there for um, for people because you know people do associate him from that era, and uh, but then to also give the sort of the blue blazer look that he did a lot uh, throughout his career, but particularly later in his career. So yeah. um, I think I think it was good to kind of give people, you know, he, I mean, he, he, if you go out, you know, look at some of the old telecasts. It wasn't just that jacket. He had a few jackets he wore over the years that were, let's just say, a little louder than yeah. that blue blazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and and,
0: and,
3: I, and and I think that you know another neat thing with that card, Sam. I'm sorry if, if I'm interrupting there. No, not at all. Um, but but uh, you know, is that we we you know with the wrestlers it's kind of easy to you know sort of give people the feel of the wrestler you know cuz cuz you get their moves you get the sort of the pace of their matches through how they set things up through the structure of the card but with the um and with the manager cards you know you get you know uh, a a jimmy hart with his megaphone or or bobby you know or captain lou albano's better with tag teams things like that but you know, it's how do you get an announcer card with some personality? Um, you know, so so we we actually put you know some Gordon Soley quotes in there on the back, and I yeah. don't think we've ever really done it to that degree before. Um, so I'm I'm curious to know what how people you know sort of feel about that, and and how if it if, if was received.
2: If I'm not mistaken, did, didn't we do something like that with like Mot and Cram back in like uh, Promoter Madness a long time ago? It,
3: I think that be might be yeah, there's like something, something. Yeah. yeah, there may have been something like that. We hadn't done it in the legends. No, definitely not, degree, legends, I should say. So so uh, I, I
0: was curious. Yeah, I mean I, I loved it. I I I thought it was perfect. Um, you know, the the uh the, the yeah the the quotes are are great on both cards and I love that they're different um, you know uh, suitably so speaking to the fact that the stats are different for pre match and post match but um, you can, I mean the thing is is you look at them you know and you see like Katie bar the door or you know stuff like that like it it's just like you hear his voice um, and and I think that you know again one of the things i always say about the legend sets and in this particular i think it's absolutely true it's just a wonderful tribute and i think that it you know it goes beyond sometimes you know with a personality like gordon solie obviously you can't put a move set on there and and look at it and be like oh yeah he used to do that move and i remember that and so in this case using the quotes it's like i mean that's like his move set you know i think it was i think it was a really great choice and um and and it does pay tribute to the fact that he is for so many people even you know, we're going 30 plus years on from the fact when he was like at his peak, um, for, especially for, for recognition. And, and a lot of people still consider him to be the voice of wrestling. Um, so, uh, you know, at any time, obviously anytime, uh, some people talk about Jim Ross or talk to Jim Ross about that. I mean, the first thing Jim Ross does is, 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 you know, pay homage to, to Gordon solely as, as being the guy, you know, and that he's just, you know, a guy with a cowboy hat. And, and so it's, uh, I, I thought it was a great, a great idea, honestly. Um,
1: Rob, what are your thoughts on the Gordon solely cards? I, I thought it was a great surprise. Um, I'm really out of the the legends loop. I'm so busy with the other stuff and, and they're so busy with that stuff that sure I don't even talk about it that much. So I didn't, <laughs> it was a surprise even for me. Nice. And I thought it was a great surprise. At first I thought I was, it was, I, I didn't notice the back at first. And then I did the stat, the, different, the post and pre-match and I think I even texted Mike immediately and I was like, wow, what a great, what a great idea. Yeah, I, I like the Legends team. The Legends team always seems to have one or two really cool surprises that, that, that nobody seems like again, the Dynamite kid being a, a singles guy, being able to wrestle in junior heavyweights. I think that's super cool and the kind of thing that makes our Legends team real special. Right? They have that attention to detail.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you know, let's just go right ahead and talk about Dynamite Kid for a second, because uh, you know, again, for a lot of people, you know, this was a card that we no one ever really thought that we would get, um, and 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 it seemed to be an unobtainable name. Um, the name gets announced, people are super super excited for it, um, and and truth be told, gosh, you know, it feels like it's been months since since we knew the name but the truth of the matter is it's only been like three weeks since the name was even announced much less now that the set <laughs> is out um but but the excitement around that name alone has been huge and you know i had the pleasure to talk to chad olson on a couple of occasions and he of course was the one that, that, that got the name signed and worked really hard on, on getting that card right and i as i'm sure a lot of other promoters you know we we, we wondered you know what is the card going to be statted like um, you know, is this going to be a tag team wrestling machine, or is this going to be a guy who can hold his own in singles matches? Is it going to be a little bit of both? Is it going to be a guy who's, you know, upper mid card? Is it going to be main event? Is you know what, what is this going to represent for this wrestler? And, you know, everyone was kind of told early on, everybody's going to be happy. And, uh, and that wasn't just lip service. I mean, I, I think it is absolutely true. And you look at the stats for this card and, and they're perfect. They really, really are. And, um, you know, this is, this is obviously uh, a guy who is going to go in there and win tag titles and win junior titles and, you know, be a main eventer for, for any promoter uh, who's using them, whether you're using them as a singles or, or in tag matches with Davey boy, um, you know, the Todd or, or Mike, either one of you, do you want to talk all uh, about the process with this card from, from your perspective? Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think this card was um, was very special to a lot of people because, uh, you know, dynamite kid. I mean, I think, you know, I, I may have said this uh, when we talked last, Sam, but, you know, I think there's so many people who are uh, in the business today who are influenced by the dynamite kid without even knowing it. Uh, yeah. He really, you know, uh, was just such a pivotal Beyond, you know, his personal success in the ring, um, he, his style influenced so many different people, um, that I think that that was number one. Number two, I mean, uh, I was a dynamite kid, Mark. Um, I know Chad was, I mean, the Legends team, the whole group is, 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 uh, dynamite marks, but Chad and I in particular are kind of, um, uh, I'll just say fall into that category. I mean, I know <laughs> th- th- normally I, I let those guys uh, really, um, you know, do the research and, and come up with the moves, but with dynamite, we were like sort of, I mean, I probably the last uh, week before we finalized the stats, I probably watched three or four hours of dynamite kid footage myself nice. just because we, we made a couple tweaks right at the end um, to the card And, you know, none of us wanted to screw it up. (laughs) So, um, but no, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, the guys just did a phenomenal job. I mean, they always do. I mean, I I can't, you know, uh, say enough about what Chad, uh, Corey, Tim, and Stu do for us uh, with with this. I'm, uh, you know, I love working with them. It's a ton of fun, but but they, they do the, just Yeoman's work in terms of, the hours of footage that they watch for these sets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's obviously it's a testament to, to the work, uh, that that they've done the work that, I mean, all you guys have done, um, that, that a card like this is just so satisfying to have. And, you know, and I don't have my physical copy yet, but as soon as, as the digital, uh, dropped, you know, it was just like, that was where I went right away. You know, I went straight for that card to look at those stats and, um, And I mean, he really is. He really is perfect. And, and, and the artwork is great. And, you know, I know for, for me on a personal note, like I'm planning on bringing him in to my legends fed on his own you know i'm gonna have him wrestle by himself for a little bit before i bring davy boy in because i actually you know i the, with the way that i have chosen my wrestlers I, I chose a lot of the the talent pool based off of like kind of the the 70s and then that was just the vibe that i wanted to give my legends fed so i haven't brought davy boy in yet so i know a lot of promoters were like well i'm already using the other version of davy boy and i'm not quite sure how i'm going to make this you know fit or whatever and so for me I'm i've got this advantage of having not even used him yet so i'll be able to debut him you know down the road and and I think I'm going to use dynamite first just because I really want to give him a bit of a singles run before I go tag and you know to have again to have the flexibility and the versatility kind of like what we were talking about earlier uh with a card like this is I, I think it's just a promoter's dream so um I can't say enough good about it honestly I could keep going
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, well thanks Sam I know the guys appreciate that and and we're you know I mean ultimately you know, I think it's something people are going to enjoy. And, uh, you know, whether, whether you're, whether you already been using Davy boy or not, I think you can find some way to use the dynamite kid at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, you know, the card I want to talk about real quick is the George, the animal steel card. Um, I, you know, I, growing up, um, he, was one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, He really was. There was something about him that I I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, I first started watching wrestling that I can kind of remember. It would have been around the time when, you know, he was uh, uh, sort of that gentle Annable who was, you know, chasing down Miss Elizabeth and, uh, and, you know, got involved in the WrestleMania three match between Steamboat and Savage. And so it was certainly, you know, in, in the, in the twilight of his career, uh, to, to say the least, but, uh, you know, learning more about him later on and kind of how he was, you know, a bit of this like monster heel at one point and he, you know, and, and, and going, uh, uh in there with uh you know for these like brutal you know uh, uh matches with with bruno or or backland or whatnot it was just really kind of eye-opening and I think that um the card uh captures you know a lot of him and obviously he'd had a black and white card so he was not a new card um but there are a couple of little tweaks to his card um that I really really enjoy including the mechanic that was you know in on the original card about um you know, biting open the turnbuckle pad. Um, and I actually love the new mechanic even more than the original mechanic because it just feels like something that, um, I don't know, it it, it can, you can play it either way. If you want him to be that kind of lovable face, you can, you can totally do that. But if you want to have him be that, that heel, it works really well uh, either way. And so I, I love the new mechanic. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about any of those tweaks? I mean, obviously, you know, it's something that, that the legends team I'm sure kind of came up with, but uh, uh, from your perspective, what, uh, uh, what do you think about those
3: tweaks that were made to the card? Well, I mean, I, I think it was one, that was actually a, a last minute change. We, we had um, had the original some, I don't know it was exactly, it wasn't exactly like the original mechanic, but it was pretty close to the original yeah. one. Um, and you know, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, this will work. And, um, you know, Tom suggested, you know, he said, oh, you know, I trust you guys. He said, but, you know, I'm not sure I, I like it being on the turnbuckle. Cause from a strategy perspective, if, if I am, he's an A turnbuckle, why would I ever throw him into the turnbuckle if I have mm-hmm. a choice? Um, and so, you know, he talked about the balance of it and I thought about it and I talked about it over with, um, the uh, with the guys and 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 we we you know I kind of we came to this uh, as, as sort of a an, an interesting way to do it because you know and I thought putting it on the um level three offense one slot where there's a um you know he has a two move there yeah and so you know well he's letting the guy up well yeah because he's focused on the turnbuckle right that that's the whole thing like he's going over to the turnbuckle trying to loosen it. And that's why the guy's able to get up. Um, so that was sort of the thought process in it and it sort of fit the flow of the match and the gameplay balance as well. So I think it was a good, uh, that, that was a last minute, uh, change. And I think a good one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, they, again, the rest of the names of the set are, are fantastic. There's some, there's some just, you know, beautiful artwork for everybody. I, again, I really like, uh, George Steele's artwork a lot. Uh, you know, Coco Beware's looks great. Hillbilly Jim, uh, Lou Albano's artwork is great. Adrian Adonis, who's another new name that we got. Uh, I, I love the Adrian Adonis card. Um, you know, that was a name that I know, uh, immediately drew a lot of attention, um, from, from current promoters. And, um, Again, I think it's a card that turned out really, really well. Um, Rob, what are your thoughts on this legend set? Any any names specifically that stand out for you? Do you have a favorite name in the set?
1: Uh, probably Manny Fernandez. I thought that was a, a, another great surprise. Um, you know, it, it, you're going in one direction with the set, and all of a sudden you throw a big swerve in there. I thought that was great. It's always cool to see uh, people on the on the on the board and and ever ever else kind of kind of trying to guess who's going to be in there. And so to get a big name, like that's kind of cool. Um, I like Coco Beware a lot. I was a big uh, Coco Beware fan as a kid. And uh, I know he doesn't have the strongest card in the set, but uh or in the game, but he's still <laughs> fun to use. And I don't think a guy has to be super strong to be, to be fun to use. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of times those are the guys you can get most creative with, you know, and have the most fun with. And, and there, you know, there are some feds that uh, that I follow in the results section on the boards. And, uh, I always love to see, you know, what some promoters do with those cards that might not necessarily be, you know, these amazing like main event talents and, and have these great feuds and, you know, and, 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 and you know, play some really cool angles with, with talent and in somebody like Coco beware, I think is, is ready made for that. And, you know, George steals another name that's kind of like that too, but, um, yeah, I love Coco beware when I was a kid as well. So, uh, and, and another, you know, interesting talent to have in the game, because he's got, you know, not only does he have his original, uh, Coco beware card, but there's also the Coco wear, uh, prime card that he got a while back, which is kind of like his more, you know, serious, uh, uh persona from when he was in Memphis. And, uh, I, I love, you know, I love the fact that we've got options, um, for those of us that, you know, mix the the black and white and the, and the color, uh, cards. Um, Todd, any, 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 uh, words on the legend set, favorite, favorite talent or any stories from behind the scenes that you want to share?
2: Well, I mean, uh, honestly, for me, I'll mention my favorite talents are actually not necessarily in the main set. They're in the special edition cards because I loved managers as a kid and Mm -hmm. having um, Captain Lou, Mr. Fuji, and um, Jimmy Hart in there are great. I think all their artwork is phenomenal. So, yeah, those are the ones I think that popped me the most.
0: Yeah, well, you know, one of the cool things too about all three of those names is it's like you've got uh, uh, it, what what I expect to be um, you know the first versions uh, of of Jimmy Hart and Mister Fuji in color. I'm sure. I mean, we've got to get uh, a prime, you know, kind of not prime. You know, card but a, a sort of you know prime of life version of fuji as a wrestler at some point i can't wait until we get that uh you know and jimmy hart there's just so many variations i'm sure you can do and really this is our second lou albano because we've got the sicilian you know wrestling card of him um yeah i i love those cards i love those cards as well um do you have uh, do you have a favorite piece of artwork from the set todd
2: um i mean i i kind of i kind of agree with you a bit on the uh george's animal steel one i think that's a really unique one uh, yeah it's one we kind of worked on for a while trying to figure out the right pose i think uh tim came up uh found the uh had uh i think a poster or whatnot of, of that uh the, um, the version that we used and i i think that is really unique we wanted to bring the the turnbuckle in there for sure um yeah, yeah. I, I did like the cocoa one just because of all the colors on it and everything like that. I, I think that one really popped. How he brought out with the jacket and then with the, I think the bird looks really good. Uh, again, I'll, I'll echo on the uh, you know the hillbilly Jim too with the the artwork there. I think it's really captured exactly what we wanted uh, for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think out of the managers, I think I like the Mister Fuji one the best. But all three of them I think are great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think out of the managers, I might go Albano. I just, I think yeah. he looks great. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted that
2: classic look from the LJN a little bit on that one, getting that totally. jacket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh,
0: Rob, going back to something you said too about uh, Manny Fernandez, uh, you know, obviously an amazing talent to add to the game and, and what a cool uh, uh, card as well for him. Um, one of the things I love stat wise, it's just, it's a little thing, you know, it's more of a cosmetic thing, but uh, I love the fact that there's a move um, and with an asterisk next to it on his card that allows you to basically change that move, whether, you know, he's being a fan favorite or a rule breaker. And it's just, you know, little things like that, that little nuance is, is just a really cool addition to the card so um i like manny's card a lot i'm looking forward to bringing him in uh into my fed sooner rather than later um let's talk about the the promoter prime cards real quick because we got uh obviously we we talked about gordon solely already um But we got one uh, tag team that I am just thrilled to have in color. And uh, then, of course, we also got Virgil, uh, which is great because I I, I love the fact that the Virgil card, again, we get some versatility here because artwork wise, it's, you know, this is this is our, you know, late 80s northeastern territory, if you will, Uh, uh, you know, million dollar man's valet uh, Virgil. But uh, stat wise, you know, if you want to if you wanted to go more Memphis with them. If you wanted to get a little, you know, uh, a little territorial with them in the South, you can do that. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be predicated on the artwork. Um, but then of course, we also got the the killer bees uh, in color, which is just, which is just great. I, I, that's something that I had wanted for a while. I was, you know, I thought it was really cool that we got Jim Brunzel um, solo um, with the, uh, you know, sort of Midwestern set that we got at one point, but uh, it's just really great to have that tag team now in color as well. Mike, any thoughts about those prime cards
3: no I mean you know they're they're fun i mean that that was sort of some uh you, you know if you're doing eighties you know the 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 bees were in you know the uh they were in the northeast, but then they also when they left there, they continued teaming together, so it was like you know they they had a career beyond that you know uh Virgil i think you you touched on him and and, and I think the team did a good job you know making that card sort of versatile uh as you yeah. said i think it could be used in, and then you know obviously we, we already talked about the the bonus gordon card that we gave out i think that was uh but i think it was, those were just fun cards that i think if you're a fan of of 80s wrestling um you know th- those were were great guys to ha- have to add to your uh to your fets
0: yeah. Well, I love the fact too that with the, you know, with tag teams, we've got I mean in the Legends set this time around you know, getting the British Bulldogs and the powers of pain, like you've got two, you know, main event caliber tag teams right there. It's always really, really nice to get an official tag team. That's going to be more that mid card level, you know, kind of a stepping stone for those teams. Uh, and, and the killer bees, you know, fill that role really well. And, you know, they can win some matches. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they can certainly, uh, uh, pull off an upset and maybe even hold some titles, but, uh, you know, overall they're going to really kind of fill that more mid card role. And, uh, and I, and I love that for tag teams because we've got so many uh, singles wrestlers out there that really can fill a, a mid card undercard or even, you know, job or uh, role now that um, anytime you can kind of, Add another layer to your tag team uh division is is great because one of the things that I notice sometimes is it's like anytime I you know pull out an established tag team, it's like, man this is a great tag team, and so I'm pitting like great tag teams a great against great tag teams, which is awesome, but it's also nice sometimes to have those you know teams that that fall a little bit more into that that mid card realm so I'm excited to see uh the bees just because I mean I liked the bees when I was a kid but uh but also they they fill a good role for promoters uh as well um so I do have a question. Uh, Todd, I'll go ahead and shoot this your way. Uh, when it comes to choosing the prime names, we've talked a little bit about this before. And, you know, obviously with the indies, you know, we talked about the poll and that sort of stuff. Uh, were there, I am sure that there were names on the table for you guys that you didn't go with this time around. Um, is there anything in particular that that, that kind of guides your choice when it comes to choosing the promoter prime names for legends specifically?
3: Um. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I think that we, we go through, you know, sort of, I'll just, I'll call it a, I don't want to say it's a debate. It's more like a negotiation in terms of who we have signed and, and, and who, you know, needs a, a color, still doesn't have a color card who had a black and white card. And, you know, you go through things and you try and find, you know, good linkages with the guys in the set. So for example, you know, a, a sort of one that maybe people don't immediately think of, but, you know, Gordon Soli. And Morocco, you know, had a really famous angle that they ran down in uh, Georgia, uh, where normally Gordon didn't get physically involved in any angles, but I think it was the first and maybe only time that someone actually, you know, assaulted Gordon solely, and it was Don Morocco. So Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we try and do, like, put, have there be little ties between the different guys in the set. Um, And you know, I won't say it's a hundred percent, you know, that we do that, but that's, so sometimes we'll say, well, this guy didn't have, these guys didn't really have a, a tie directly with some people. So we'll, we'll put them in prime. They're sort of, they fit the general theme, but don't maybe don't have that direct tie in. And that, that's sort of usually how we, it goes with there. sometimes it's, Hey, we just, we want to find a spot for a guy, you know, and, and, that's the easiest way to do it. the Jim Brunzel Midwestern card is a classic example of that yeah um, you know we...
0: well, I, I mean I think that you know this the, this year's uh, legends prime roster in particular has just has been so great and it's wonderful because you get a mix of names that you know might be an alternate version like the J.J. Dillon card um, or you know the the Gordon Soley card Uh, you get names that people might not necessarily be clamoring for but are always grateful to have you know a name like a a Rick McCord or Tommy Gilbert Um, and and then you know at the same time you're getting some huge names like Vampiro and Juventud Guerrera and Eddie Gilbert and the spoiler Um, and then I know a lot of people really wanted Virgil in color that was a name that I saw a lot on the board uh and you know a lot of people pr- predicted that we would get virgil some thought we'd get him in the set some thought that we'd get him prime um and so it's just great to always see you know the support for the names that are getting getting released and i think that this year in particular is, has, has been really great and uh you know i mean i'm i'm a fan in general so I, I i think it's just awesome to be able to have these names to use um regardless of how we're getting them uh in in a set or or otherwise um and just being able to again you know kind of run those dream matches and 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 regardless of what era a wrestler uh came from is is always a lot of fun for the legend set so i'm certainly looking forward to what's next and i'll pester you guys about that later but now i think it's time for our main event and speaking of of crossing the timelines and getting guys from different eras um a few years ago uh, starting in, in, Promoter Prime, we started to get some really cool cards, um, that, that Rob was, was responsible for bringing us, um, you know, some sort of like, uh, almost alternate versions, uh, or, or prime versions, no pun intended of guys like Raven and Swarm and Viper and, uh, just to name a few. Uh, and, and that all kind of came to a head with the announcement of the Kronos battle line set, um. Rob, why don't you talk about the genesis of this? I know you've mentioned some of it on the boards, and we talked a bit at, a bit about it uh, at the uh, at the last virtual con. But um, the floor is yours, sir. Tell us tell us where all this came from.
1: Well, um, well, I got to thank Mike. You know, it came from him, his idea. So, Mike, thanks. And you know, <laughs> we just kind of started talking about it. You know, about I don't know, a little over a year and a half ago, maybe a little less. But like you said, the Chrono stuff originated simply by um, I just asked Tom, I said, Hey, uh, I want to give some guys the color treatment who, who probably won't have the color treatment anytime soon. And Kronos is this place where people can take whatever they want. And these guys can fight them. Yada, yada. It really wasn't, it really wasn't uh, a big deal at all Just some, some fun cards. And then it kind of grew. And then eventually Mike said, maybe we need to make this a fed. So that's, (laughs) that's where we are. And, now, as far as how did we get to Battle lines, um we always... The Battle Lines itself was always... We've always had that idea. Um, it changed. The story changed from the origins to the time we started writing the book. And I think it changed for, for the good, obviously. But it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was challenging trying to figure out not only, like, what new guys do we want to do, but how do all the existing guys fit in? And I think... I think it worked out very well.
0: Yeah, I I would completely agree with that. And, you know, I think that there was uh, from the get go, even before the battle line set was announced, you know, there were a lot of people that were already using these cards and putting together their, you know, their tournaments and, and, and having, uh, you know, just a ball with basically bringing in guys from any era, uh, of, of champions of the galaxy, um, which, which the door is still left wide open for even even with the set. Um, when it came time to get a little bit more specific with, the storyline and and make decisions about the specific guys that you were going to use. Um, how much of that did you just, did you just kind of know right away and how much of it maybe evolved? And you can use you know specific examples of you know, specific wrestlers that you use, but uh, I am curious as to how much of it was just sort of like, I know this is what I want to do. And then how much of it just evolved as the writing went
1: along. It really, it, it really evolved on its own. I, um <laughs> I still talk. Think about it. How how cool it, it just came together. Like when you read when you read that introduction, those guys coming through the portal, those those last guys. There was no, there was no plan. There was no order. There was no like okay this guy's for. It was just written. And then when the first draft was done, we sat back, looked at it, and said that's that's pretty. That works. You know that'll work, and we can work work with that. So, but you know we I, we focused on the tournament of the immortals for a few years there, which I really enjoyed doing. I thought the the spirit of Kronos being in a place where whether you're a hero or or a hero, you came there and you could have a great match, uh, a dream match, and and that's how, how that's what Kronos was, right? So we treated it as as such, and then again, completely organically, just bringing in these classics, three thousand guys again. That was Mike's idea, basically challenged me to create this set that he didn't didn't like that much i should say that and, and <laughs> didn't in color and he basically was like i challenge you rob i was like all right fine whatever i didn't want to do it at first i did, I was like i don't want to do Rhea but he talked to <laughs> me anyway. this is a while ago obviously so eventually we we get into um infinity infinity plex and we start talking about how like well what you know other than just bringing them to chronos what other effects could they have and you know everything's alternate universe everything's cool but you know um in dimension k you know like it says in the book the demons uh they they had the power for a long time so we started thinking about well how would that affect things and maybe it would affect the balance of good and, and, and bad uh, all over the universe including parallel universes so that's kind of how that story started and it all kind of ties together i don't i mean i guess we could talk about spoilers right i don't know when this oh is yeah absolutely People get their sets. But yeah, so the whole thing with Solaris and he's trying to, to, to do the do the right thing and, and 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 we don't know if he's doing the right thing. He's he's imprisoning certain wrestlers on Kronos. And and maybe we'll learn more about that, you know, later on. But right now what's happening is is these uh these the spirit of competition is absolutely shattered. And and you've got your good guys on one side, you've got your bad guys on the other, and they're just going at it. The handbook ends with a big brawl. And uh, kind of how we were talking about off the air that, you know, I, I wrote this set. I, Tom always says, write what you want to write, write what you want to play, write what you like, it, and hopefully everybody else likes it too. So I try to follow that lead. So that's what I did. And I did a lot of things with the set that um, I liked as a kid and a young player. Um, we kind of talked about it off the air about how – this set doesn't have specific feuds. Like in the book, it doesn't say Infinity it must feud with Infinity Plex. Obviously, they feud. Obviously, uh, Cool feuds with Category Five, and Warden has his feud with Torment, and all these other things. But they're not defined. You can literally you can close your eyes and like like a bag and pick a good guy and pick a bad guy and and put them against each other and go. And it makes sense. And that's the spirit of the set. Uh, truly, one big hero team versus one big Villain team, and I, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think that gives people a, a lot of uh, opportunities to not only mix and match the feuds, but bring in characters from Sentra, bringing characters from the from any of our color sets twenty eighty seven through uh, where are we at now twenty ninety I don't know, and then you know Sentra, and, and and all these others. So it's there's so many possibilities, and and that that's what's cool about Chronos is it's it's defined, but it's not so defined that. You could literally do anything, and it makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that that is absolutely the key because you know, I, I, one of the things that I have always you know loved, uh, obviously, about the GWF, uh, I've always been a by the book kind of guy. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to stay so strict by the book that if things happen, I'm going to ignore them. Obviously, you know, I love that freedom. Um, but I've been fairly by the book and I enjoy being able to do that and follow the storyline with that. You know, I think with the future shock sets, with Mike sets, I feel very similarly, you know, I feel like it's a very much it's a fed that I want to play by the book. Um, And yet there's also, Uh, I think a little bit extra freedom because it is, it is a newer thing. And there's, you know, there's more stuff that we don't know. Um, But yeah, with Kronos, it's like, it really is just a complete free for all. And I love the way that you leave things up in the air um, for some of the talent, you know, some of, some of these wrestlers, like you don't know really what side they're on or if they're going to take a side, you've got those independent guys, you know, obviously you've got the survivors, which it's like, you know, who knows what they're going to do. I love that there's that chart for the survivors, you know, kind of deciding what side they may or may not take. Um, It's funny because, you know, uh, every once in a while, I'll throw on uh, uh, an old episode of Nitro just for the heck of it. If I'm, you know, if I'm rolling out a a card or something like that. And I just so happened to uh, land on uh, Nitro. I think it was after the spring stampede from uh, 97, um, which was, you know, really the, the NWO angle had been going for almost a year but Spring Stampede was the night that Sting returned. And that was when the definition really started to form because beforehand it was like WCW was still fighting amongst itself and NWO was just picking off guys however they wanted to. And when Sting came back, it became this thing where you literally had, you know, a team unified WCW versus the NWO. And, 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 and as I was reading the booklet uh, again, after dinner tonight uh, I was just thinking to myself, you know, it's, it, it does remind me of the feel that you've got these defined teams, you know, with these stakes going after one another and, and, and the hero and the villain thing. And, and like specifically, you know, with, with the NWO before things got too crazy, they never fought amongst themselves. Like they were, you know, they were that unit. And I think that one of the cool things about having this, no pun intended, uh, about having the villains and having the heroes is that, you know, you, you do have these defined characteristics and yet there's enough room to play by, like, say, bringing in guys from, you know, 2088, you know, somebody's going to come in and have like a, a run for a couple months or a few cards or whatever. And, and, and really just mixing it up. Um, that, that that a lot of freedom is granted to the promoters uh, as to how they want to run their Kronos. And I think, you know, half the fun of reading people's results is just going to be seeing the crazy stuff that people do in this sandbox that, 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 you know, you guys have given us, um, you know, and, and speaking of, of kind of things that get turned on their ear, one of the cards that I want to talk about, one of my favorite cards in the set uh, is Cosmos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me, man, tell me about, you know, bringing cosmos in the way that you did into this into this uh set and and into battle lines
1: well um again the cosmos is mike's character mike came up with the idea um so again thanks mike are you still there <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still here <laughs> so mike, mike's when we first started talking about this a uh, face cosmos or thanos so i was like okay again like a challenge I, I, I love how that turned out with the whole. Obviously, I we used the, um, the Society of Death, uh, scarring pit viper. But in this in this timeline, this alternate universe, it, it was Star Wars, and he became the Avenger. Warrior, the whole thing. And what's cool about Cosmos and what hasn't come up yet on the boards or anywhere else, which I thought was going to immediately, and maybe it will when people start getting their sets. But no one's mentioned that he's the good guy, and he is. By but he still has his little skull and he has his black cape and I think that's cool and um me and Mike debated this quite a bit actually yeah. back and forth and and it kind of came down to like well I like skull stuff and I'm a good guy and and Steve Austin he likes skulls and Rock's got a skull it's like so I wasn't sure that having an affinity for skulls automatically made you a bad guy I thought he could still kind of be a tough guy and, and and but still be the good guy and so I'm very happy with how he turned out. I like that idea of, of Dantos uh, being a hero. I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, he's I, a great wrestler. That's what's cool about him too. You know, he's not, and, and, and Dantos was always a great wrestler. He didn't, but he was certainly, he broke the code. He was a bad guy, you know. Right. This is Dantos um, on the opposite of that spectrum. And, and we really get to see what a great uh, athlete and wrestler he is. That's
2: one of the I, things I, that... I will, I, I say, I will admit I was questioning the the, uh, the the skull on him as a good guy too. So <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> just didn't bring it, in, but I definitely was questioning that. But I think it was pretty.
1: Cool. Yeah, no scar though, so we we, we admitted that.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, one of the things that I think I do love about the card so much, you, you know moving away from the artwork, uh, for a second, uh, I, I do just love the stats. And I love the fact that, you know, like you said, this is, you can just tell by the stats that this is a guy who, who gets in the ring to wrestle. And, uh, and that's just really cool. And, and it says a lot about, um, I think that's one of the things that was so cool about Thantos too, is that even, you know, in that original 2087 set, like his, you know, his card was the card of a wrestler and he didn't have a lot of those like Rule breaker moves, and this is before you had you know like DQ moves and stuff on cards, obviously. But there were still guys that had like you know bite to the forehead or for an object or, or whatever loaded. You know, you had that even in the original set. And Thanos didn't have that. Like, yeah, he was a bad guy, and yeah, right. he was the he was the baddest bad guy. But he was there to, to wrestle. And so I love that there's that that through line even with this heroic version. And I agree too, you know, with the the thought about the skulls. It's like you know that that I doesn't necessarily have to identify him purely as a bad guy.
1: It looks cool. (laughs) We we tried, believe me, me and Werner, Werner and I, um, it just, it didn't, you almost had to like, it didn't pop. It wasn't like, Oh, that's Santos. It was just like, that's a, that's a guy. It didn't come across like I wanted it to come across. So I said, Hey, can you throw a skull on his head? And as soon as he did, Soon. And, and this is how it works um, You know, Werner sends me the art through the email and, and I, before I blow it up I see a little thumb and, yep. and, and there's times where I, I see that thumb and I, my, I know right there that before I even have to blow it up that's it and, that, and Cosmos was one of those guys I saw him a little tiny thumb and knew that's it and the background obviously is sweet too so there's a lot of things going on there um, I love him I think he's always going to be a hero but there's always that you know it, it is it's Thanos so you never know you know right but but you look at his card he has the one on level one offense one he does have the back rake so there's that little tiny teeny little sliver of danto still in there
0: somewhere hey man hogan used to do the back rake when he was a baby face so
2: (laughs) Um, he poked people in the eyes too i mean his his whole move (laughs) set was a rule breaker come on (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, no, I, well, I mean, I, I can't wait to use him. Honestly, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't started my chronos fed yet, but, uh, he's definitely a guy that I've got my eye on for, you know, uh, seeing where he goes and, and what he does. And and I, I think that, you know, the fun part for me about this fed, I know when I start mine is, is, is literally just going to be, you know, for those first few cards, especially just letting the dice dictate where things go and, you know, not having a plan really, um, other than kind of what you've, what you've set up in the booklet. Um, I know another uh, uh, pair uh, of guys that people on the boards are really excited about are the return uh, of rack and ruin. Um, So I would love to, uh, to get your thoughts on, on that tag
1: team. That's a good story too. So believe it or not, rack and ruin um, were not my first choice. I asked Tom for Nosfera and Omen and I was going to make Omen a woman. That's the truth. Oh, wow. said no, right? He said, "Rob, you're crazy. Don't, don't." <laughs> no, <laughs> he said no, and uh, so then I said, "Okay, well, how about rackaroon? And he said, "Yes." And I'm glad it worked out that way because I I love it. Uh, the obviously the art is, you know, who, who, art is subjective, right? But it's obviously some, of, in my opinion, some of the best. chronos I'm I think other people probably agree with that. Yeah. And then the and I know I'm you know online, um, people. The cards haven't come out yet, but when you see the backs of these cards. Mike does such a great job. This is the kind of stuff that like people don't get to see behind the scenes. It's like when Mike calls me and says, Hey buddy, open your email. And I open it up and there's these amazing, like beautiful bright orange and blue Miami dolphin color, which is weird for back the room, but it still looks great. And it's just, <laughs> they blow my mind. And I look at them, I'm looking at them right now. And, and they're, and they're just, you know, in these, the front, you know, I do a lot of work <laughs> when I work on these, these art, I send in a lot of reference pictures I didn't send him the the set was mostly like, Hey, here's their old cards, like do whatever. And if I like it, I like it. If not, we'll come up with something else. And this was, these were some of the first sketches he did and they're just incredible. Mm. And the only thing I asked for is I said, Hey, throw a little bit of armor on them. I'm I'm big into armor and stuff like that. So it just changes them up. It just differentiates them a little bit from their, from their original ones, a little something, something. And then I asked him, I said, try the, the background. Like we did with strong with the, with their names. And he just, he's incredible. So it just blows my mind. So again, good story. They weren't even in the original, uh, weren't even penciled in originally. And I just, I love how they turned out. I, Rack and Rune, probably my all-time favorite GWF tag team. I love the, uh, the original Stars and Stripes too, but uh, these guys are just so cool. They got a cool story winning the three what is it they would mike you might be able to know, tell me they won the three titles and the three vectors or something like that and yeah. they just seemed like the kind of guys that 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 infinity plex would just would love to just go back in time and pick up and grab and throw on his team. yeah
0: yeah absolutely i think that that holds true you know i mean when you like when you're reading the booklet and, and getting a feel for, uh, you know, infinity plex. Um, yes, I, I completely agree with that. This seems like the a team that he would want. This seems like two guys that he would want to bring in and he would want to just like, you know, destroy competition. Um, and I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're poised to be, uh, a lot of people's favorites in, in the set, you know, artwork wise, you know, stat wise, story wise, um, you know, just the things that you'll be able to do with them. And I always love them too. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say they were my favorite, uh, um, GWF tag team, but they were definitely up there. And I, I can certainly attest to the fact that they were at the top of my tag team division for, for quite a while. Um, you know, if they didn't hold the titles, they were usually challenging for them and they, they held the titles a number of times. So, um, it'll be a lot of fun to, to, to play with them again, because I haven't, you know, I haven't done that in, 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 quite a while. I mean, it's been years. So, um, yeah, that's just another cool thing about the set is that, you know, uh, and battle lines in general is getting, you know, the chance to kind of go back and, and, and use some of these names again, even if they're a little different, um, you know, speaking of, of, of a little different, um, I, I you know, I, some of these names, I don't want to ask too much about necessarily. I mean, obviously you can tell us whatever you want, but, uh, with, Avenging Force, yeah, Uh, yeah. Talk about where Avenging Force came from,
1: man. I just I love the Avenging Warrior and Alpha Force. Nothing wrong with them, right? But I always thought Star Wars was way cooler. And um, I don't really remember where the exact story keep where the exact idea sparked from, but I liked the idea. I wanted to create a character. I wanted to create a good a good guy. Who is so incensed with the bad guys that championships and titles and wins, injuring them went above that. And mm-hmm. so I had this idea for the character before I had the Avenging Force. I just applied it to that to that uh, to that character, so to speak. Sure. And I thought I think it works really well. And his story was easy. Um, you know, he you know he's fresh from. Beating chaos uh, in this race for the for the Alpha Force. So basically the same story Tom presented with, with the a tiny little twist, and in this case the Alpha Force is a very real thing. Um, and I didn't I didn't I didn't do this. At all. This had nothing to do with uh, the the old story about the Alpha Stone. Nothing at all. This is just a completely new character. But anyway, he this this is real. This is a very real thing. This, and, and this Alpha Force obviously has a uh, uh, an intense power over the avenging force and you know we really don't even know much about the avenging force yet like you know you see this you see these guys you assume oh you know it's alpha force and that's that's dregs and that's so and so but we don't say that right like it's not in a it's not in the book so 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 you know is it alpha force i don't even know maybe it is (laughs) but the whole point is is it's so this is kind of how like i explained it to mike i'd say okay mike here's here's alpha force right in the middle and this is how I, i view parallel universes you know Three or four over, uh, four or five over, there's Avenging Force. He's pretty close to Alpha Force and pretty close to Avenging Force. Some of these guys are a little farther out. Um, the story is similar, but he's obviously bonkers, right? Like, is he yeah. really a hero? Because his finisher, like it says, and this is another thing, this guy's got a disqualification four on his finisher because it's it's a move. It's a claw hole. He's not hitting the guy with a chain like Bad Dude, who's a straight disqualification. Which was a disqualification six. That's more of a stats thing, but I'm looking at the card right now. But yeah, he's just nuts. <laughs> and I think he's I think he's a lot of fun because in his mind and in his heart he is a he is a good guy. And what he's doing is the right thing. Uh even if uh it appears that it's not. Even when he's beating up the bad guys, he can go too far. And I think that that's a cool character to write.
0: Yeah. I mean that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask about him uh, as well is because I, I I got that same you know feeling from him the the you know the idea that this is a guy that you know so convinced that he's in the right that he's willing to do whatever it takes uh, to to drive home that point and 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 at this you know he's he's given himself over completely to the idea that you know the best way to you know to prove. How good and right he is, is to, is to just maim his, his opponents, you know, and injure his opponents and put them on the shelf. Um, and, and I, I kind of love the idea, uh, you know, and, and Mike, obviously you and I have talked about this when we talk about the future shock sets on previous episodes that, uh, is it Alpha Force? You know, is, is that, the, is, is, is this actually that guy or is this a different guy or is this, you know, I, I love that there's a little ambiguity there, um, you know, it leaves things open for the future and, and obviously leaves things open for, for promoters too, is, is how they want to do it. You know I mean? I, I'm looking forward to, you know, to people maybe actually bringing in alpha force, you yeah. know, and putting up against yeah. avenging force, see what happens. Um, okay. Chaos be oh, cool yeah, too. absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other names um, that, that uh, deserve mental, I mean, I'd like to cover the, the whole set to some degree, uh, but uh, Bad Dude, I think that a lot of people uh, imme- immediately upon seeing that artwork, people were excited, you know, because we could all remember from, well, maybe not everybody, but I certainly remember from uh, Galacticon, uh, the, you know, during the, the auction and that piece of artwork going up and, uh, and now getting to see it here used on, on the card. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, what do you want to tell us about about Bad Dude?
1: All right. So I, I, I looked everywhere. Maybe one of you guys or someone else listening can figure it out. But there is some. There's. It's written down in one of the files or somewhere where Tom actually tells the story. But the story is when Chuck Carter 30 years ago was creating Splatter, he gave Tom a version and wrote on the sketch, you can call him dot, 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 Bad Dude. I don't know if I I just know too much about history or what, but I was like, I was like, <laughs> so cool. Oh my God. I, no one knows it. No one, like, everyone's like, I think it might be splatter. I don't know. And then just, so, so I think he's a cool character, but that uh, I want, I was hoping for more of a like, Oh yeah. And I think Chad Olson was like the only person to, to remember that along with me. But yeah, that's the story is Chuck Carter named splatter bad dude. So, I had this sketch. Tom gave me all these sketches years ago for doing some work for him or something. And I loved it. And I always thought it was cool to have like this detailed unmasked splatter. Yeah. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I've had it forever. And I said, hey, you know, I'm going I'm to have someone else enjoy this now. And we put up for auction, but the plan was always whoever was going to win it. I was going to, Gonna talk to him and say, "Hey, I'd really like to use." It. And I and at that time, it wasn't like, "Hey, I want to use in battle lines." I just knew I wanted to use them at some point in some fashion because Mike has splatter on, in Sentra. So we had actually right. talked in the past, Mike and I, about, "Hey, you know, you know, I'll, I'll trade you peg next for splatter or whatever." And it just <laughs> didn't. Just <laughs> it didn't. It didn't happen yet. So I'm like, I'm impatient. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my own splatter. Never mind, you can keep that one. So. we come up with bad dude and he's cool and and he's fun and he's, and he's mysterious. And, you know, again, like I just talked about, like if you, if you put him if you put splatter in the center and how many, how many parallel universes down is bad, dude, probably not too many. Um, But it's cool. You know, he's not, he's not great, but I think he's the fun character. And I, I did contact Chuck and I thanked him and I, I let him know before we showed this to anybody that, that we were going to use it. He thought it was super cool. And I love Chuck. And, um, you know, I, I hung out with Chuck at a couple of Galacticons. And, and he is my favorite GWF artist. We have so many good ones. But I think it's, you know, nostalgia. That's what I do. Sure. Those faces were just so good. And, and, and look at him. He's got, look at that face. So, yeah, he's a great character. I'm just happy to, I think we did this with Cyclone too. So it's, it's really cool. I'm a big, the whole, this whole set is like, my childhood, basically, and hoping that, that people will enjoy it and, and and start to feel some of those things from their childhood too when they play because it. it's just so nostalgic and and bad dude is certainly uh, one of those guys. He's got you know the bad dude's lottery. I loved it. I loved that when I was a kid. The lethal lottery was Flatter yeah. and you know so a lot of this stuff is like honoring that history by by but also trying to give people like new, obviously like bad dude you could treat him like a brand new character but he's familiar you know. And, you know, is he splatter? I don't know. Up to you, promoter, right? Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that that is, that, that, that is a, a great uh, point is is that, you know, you we, we, with a guy like Bad Dude, Avenging Force, Cosmos, um, Tyranny, you know, you, you, you've got these names. Uh, in the set proper that it's like, you know, they've got connections and and like say, it could be the same person, you know, just a different, you know, parallel universe, alternate timeline, you know, whatever. And, or, or maybe it's not, you know, maybe, maybe it's just, it's somebody just close enough. Maybe it's somebody who lived that path, you, you know, that, that, that they share enough of that, you know, not literal DNA, but that metaphorical DNA with this other person, that they're a spiritual kind of successor to that character. Um, and, and and I think that that's through and through, not only with the set, you know, specifically, but obviously with the other cards um, that are a part of Battle Lines. Um, you know, I do want to ask about a couple more characters specifically. Yeah. Um, with uh, uh, For me, somebody that, that stood out that I really enjoyed a lot uh, is Solitude. Um, so I would love to hear more
1: about Solitude. Man, Solitude is a character that I've had in my head since I wrote, since Raven came out in Promoter Prime.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he was never developed. He was just, I always, other than he wore a mask. Um, He, so, the name Solitude, the whole thing with the Recluse, that all came late, that all came like in Battle Lines. Um, I knew that I wanted this character to be in this set and... I, again, Warden and Solitude, I believe, were the first two characters. Me and Mike really talked about, and and he's, you know, it's it's funny because it wasn't until I started creating this character that I realized that there were parallels with Santan. I don't know if that's a spoiler or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like went with it. You know what I mean? Like I created this char- So basically, I when I started to develop this unknown mysterious alternate universe minister of war that lost that was not only lost but was destroyed um, by raven and and war i had to create this was tough i don't say it was tough it was a it was fun i had to create a, a more or less a bad guy who you could sympathize with and how do you how do you sympathize with a with a guy not only a bad guy but a bad guy who's who's been defeated well, why was he defeated? He was defeated because he has this, like this, this great strength, this great power, that that helped him become who he was, and then it, it flipped on him, and his greatest strength became his greatest weakness, and he was he, he was this recluse, which I think is a cool thing, and uh, and and then it, it worked against him, and he had this tragic, uh, this tragedy happened in his life, and it. You know, it put him into this uh, depression. And it was a it was a character that for whatever reason, just it just kept developing. And I'm really it's weird because I'm really not into deep. I guess that's the word deep characters. Um, You know what I mean? But this character, just the way this thing happened, because once I came up with the name Solitude and the idea that this guy lost this battle, because, I mean, let's be honest, you're making a gladiator, a minister of war who lost. You can't, you know what I mean? It's unprecedented. Yeah. We have Spike and, and and all these other guys, Minister of War. So this guy had to have a weakness. He had to basically be the worst Minister of War uh, statistically, but still be a tough out. He's a gladiator, right? So there's right. A lot of challenges with this guy. He's, he's not the biggest guy. He's 6'2", 260. He's a minus 2-0. Um, you know, that's even a Thunder, I think, is, is is better than that with the agility power, but he's still very formidable. And Santon, it's just like I said, the parallels were there to the point when we actually got to the art. By then I was convinced I told Warden, I said, okay, this is kind of like what we just talked about. Is this Santon? I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna put that out there. And and I think Grant picked up on it immediately as somebody else. So to know that like to know that you you're intending to put something out there that you're hoping people will notice and they do that's awesome. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's gotta be great for Werner too, because he's, he draws the stuff, you know, I mean, I'll draw it. So it was, it's <laughs> awesome. And it's not even in a similar pose to same It's not even close, but the, the, you could pick up his little uh, sword there is just incredible to me. So awesome character. Um, it's cool to create this guy. Like, like I said, it's been sitting in limbo for three or four years or more. I don't know when we did, when we started doing Raven, but, um, I love him. Um, I I actually had him fight once already, and Raven destroyed him. So we'll see yeah. how they go. I, <laughs> I, I will fact check you. It was three
2: years ago. It was uh, Q four of Promoter Prime in twenty seventeen.
1: Okay. Yeah, so that's I mean that's long term booking, right? I guess. Yeah. Years. Right. <laughs> so,
2: well,
0: you, you know, for me, one of the things that that I love about his his bio in the booklet. Um, is that not only does it tell us uh, a lot about this character, Solitude, but it tells us a lot about Raven, too. And and as far as I'm concerned, it tells us some things that we might not necessarily want to hear, you know, And, and, and that... It does add some depth and dimension to, to, to both of their characters um, that I think will go a long way for promoters because, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, it's up to you, promoter. But it's another thing when you give somebody a well-drawn character and then they kind of get to go off from there. And I think that this is definitely a case of that. So uh, I, I, I'm, I, I think, you know, in some ways he might be one of my favorites from the set. Um, just, you know, because of that fact, because of, of, of the, the backstory that you've given him and how it relates to, um, to war specifically. And, 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 again, you know, obviously puts him at odds with the hero team, but he has no allegiance whatsoever to the villain team either. Um, and you could easily see him, you know, being someone that, that just remains right there in the middle, taking on, you know, whoever, um, which is, yeah, which is really, you know, which is really cool. Um, Speaking of cool, as I've used that word enough, uh, let's let's get to uh, let's get to uh, two uh, characters in particular that I love that were early standouts for me. That when I first got my hands on the booklet and and we were working on that video that we put together for the virtual con, um, like just immediately, like the artwork uh, reading about them, uh, you know, eventually seeing the stats for them and everything, the two that just stood out to me were cool and warden. Um, and I, you know, obviously people have, uh, all sorts of theories in, in their, in their head already, you know, uh, are they the same person? Are they twins? Is, you know, is this sleaze? Is this not, you know, so I would just, I would love to, to hear more about, you know, without necessarily, devolving into any kind of spoilers for anything you might have yeah. planned next and whatnot but yeah i, I want to hear as much as you can possibly tell us about these guys yeah these
1: are i love them um warden like i said was the first character believe it or not these guys are originally original characters they weren't uh they weren't what they weren't they didn't look like they look now mm. and um it just kind of developed into like well i i again like i warden was already he was from maxis and he was older and it just it started to occur to me i can't remember exactly why but i remember thinking like i need less new guys and more kind of updates because that's kind of the spirit of chronos i guess you know i would just done the Overmen, et cetera, et cetera. so i really wanted to give people less of like my new whatever i was thinking and try i wanted to give people more like you know stuff that they could relate to anyway that's how warden became uh Dregs, we'll just say that's how Warden became Dregs, right? Okay. So once Warden became Dregs, Cool became Sleeves. You had nice. to, right, yeah. And Cool was always this is the cool part, no pun intended. Cool was always the bomb squad expert from Eridanus. It was going to be this guy, this old veteran war guy, teaming with this young, big, just like it's written now, young, vigorous bomb squad from Eridanus – but when it be when they became twin blood, I had to like figure that out how the, how that was gonna work. So how it's written, and there is a story, it is figured out. Um it won't we won't find out for a long time. But we will <laughs> I think we'll find out. I mean we'll see how this goes if people like the set and and they want more. But but yeah, there's uh I think when you create a new character, you always kind of have at, have to have an idea where they go. But statistically, this might be my favorite card in the set. Um I loved twin blood. I think it's really cool when a, when a card can have a, a weak defense and I don't want to say it's a weak defense because he obviously has all these tags, but, but you have a weak defense like this and still be a top, uh, a main event player, a main event tag. Yeah. And, you know, these guys are interesting because they, he obviously has this very heavy level three offense and he has a very strong uh, you know tag presence on his defense. But you know, if you look at him compared to Sleaze, this was tough because Cool is on Chronos, the rookie, right? And the reason he's such a good wrestler is because he has this telepathic connection with with Warden, and, and he's finding out all these new things about himself, meeting Warden and teaming with Warden, and vice versa. So it was, if you look, if and, and if I like doing this, if you compare Cool to Sleaze's card, right, you'll notice. Uh, Cool is has a a worse power, and his charts are off by three. um, You know, worse by three stuff like that, little things like that. And it was tough because I said, well, at the time, sleeves was a veteran, right? But Cool is not a veteran; he's a rookie. And then you got Warden, who's obviously a veteran, um, past his prime. So they were fun. They were fun to do. Me and Mike probably talked about these two guys more than anybody else because you're trying to give someone twin blood. You're trying to make them new characters, um, trying new things, new twists, new stories without being silly about it. You know, it's still got to make sense. Yeah. And, And I, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. One guy's from, from one parallel universe way over here and he's older and here. And this one's from over here. We, we know that cool has a twin brother. He was adopted by, uh, by Max's family. So, we know he's a twin, you know, so right now um, it's interesting. You look at Ward and he's got a plus, plus one agility, plus two power. He's got a C both of He's got a double zero finisher that adds one to him every time he hits it. You know, this guy, uh, he's not great, but you put him with cool in a tag team. I've already heard people tell me they beat Rack and which blows my mind. Um, <laughs> and that's fantastic, you know, and yeah, you you make you make guys, and you don't want to be throw a plus four finisher on everybody. You know, you, there's guys that you want to do well, you want them to win, but you want to be honest with the stats, and you want them to be like, if, if I'm making sleeves, I you know I got to make sleeves, right? I can't can't make sleeves with a you know minus four power, so it's tough. Uh, and, and and so much has changed over time with the stats since dregs and sleeves were around. Like sure. I, I I would say to Mike are these cards competitive? can they compete in, in uh in in 2020 so to speak so and, and you never know I don't play test any of my stuff so it is what it is um when I look at these stats I, I they speak to me I love them I think they're great characters and I hope they do well you know but if they don't they don't it is what it is but uh yeah I love them I think werner did a, a you know werner let's talk about werner Werner comes up with these backgrounds, guys. I don't come up with any of this stuff. I say, hey, I want a big explosion in the background. This is what he gives me. It's incredible. Yeah. So,
0: I love yeah, it. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he, he's done an incredible job on the artwork, and I think that you know, for for me, uh, Twin Blood was, I mean, legitimately one of my favorite tag teams in GWF history. Dregs is one of my favorite characters ever. Um, I, I I loved him. I used to you know, give him singles pushes all the time, just, yeah. you know, just to see how far he would go. And, uh, and twin blood was always, you know, in, uh, in contention for me. And I, I just, they, I mean, they were one of my favorites and I can remember, you know, going back God now, probably close to like 20 years. Um, you know, when they were really just kind of in their prime and, 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 and just loved using them and they were, you know, at the top of the card for me. Um, so, so when I saw these guys, like I didn't make the connection right away, actually, I didn't um and then uh you know as soon as i read the booklet uh, after seeing the artwork i was like oh i wonder if and and you know there was enough of me that was just you know that again thought that well maybe they're the same person maybe these both of these guys are sleaze as opposed to you know it's sleaze and dregs or whatnot and uh i'm so excited to use them and i love the mechanic that warden has with his finisher i love the fact that you know Kind of similar to what we were saying about with avenging force. Here's a guy who who doesn't care about winning and losing as much as he cares about punishing people. Well, you know, with warden, it's just sort of like, he's going to do whatever it takes to win, regardless of if it puts himself in harm's way. And And I, and I, and I love that about the character. Um, and I love I love his entrance <laughs> into Kronos, too, where, you know, it's like it says he sucks in his gut. And, you know, and he, and he just kind of looks tired and beaten down. Uh, and it just gives him so much character right off the bat. So I'm, you know,
1: for, for me, he's one of my favorite characters um, yeah, man, in, he, in the set. He, you know, you know, I'm 45 years old. I lift weights and, and Warden is a represents all of us, man. Getting older, holding on to that youth you know, trying to, trying to get, you know, one more big lift in there, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Let's say you're an right. But that's what he represents. He kind of represents, like, that older guy, you know, getting older, you know, you know, it is what it is, you know. Life is awesome. And and Warden's an example of that. You know, you can be cool when you're young, you can be cool when you're old and tough, and he's just a great character, and and, and he's he's kind of like Solitude in the fact that not a, tra- I mean, Solitude's obviously probably more of a tragic character, but Warden's not a tragic character, but it's neat that he's, uh, it's neat that he's kind of struggling with his own mortality and, and he, uh, you know, like you said, Dregs was a great character. And it'd be really easy to do a prime Dregs, which right. I think everybody would love, but we really wanted to try something a little bit different with this guy and it just kept clicking. So we kept doing it and I'm really happy with how he turned out. And if a guy with a, I mean, man, if a guy with a plus one agility and a plus two power and a C death jump and and then an add one on every time he hits his finisher. If he, this guy can win in people's feds and and be popular and get pushed, like I think that's awesome. Yeah. It speaks a lot to his to the character. And it's it's Dreg. It speaks a lot to Dregs. Like you said, Dregs is a popular character and it's cool because Dregs was like you said, we knew Dregs when we were younger, we're older now. Well, it's like Dregs grew up with us, you know? And here he is. And he's looking for one more win. Uh, that's very cool. <laughs> I love that. I now you know now now that's given me
0: some ideas for what I do want to do when I you know when I start Kronos up. Um, you know, I I, I don't want to give short shrift to any of the other names in the set because there's some other great names in the set. Uh, you know, I, I density and tyranny uh, being examples, but in the interest of time, you know, I do kind of want to move and talk about the the prime cards um, sure. because you know, for my money, you know, we get three. Uh, when you just talk about like stats and you talk about position on the on the card, we get three amazing uh, uh, talents to add to the sets. We get Proteus, which I mean the Proteus card is is awesome, you know, great art, um you know some some really good stats. and then of course we get torment and and category five. and uh, I mean these these gladiators, you know, uh, obviously the, in the, in the booklet, like they're, they, they feel a little bit more like rude and in your face than uh, I feel like maybe the gladiators have in a while. And I, I really like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this is cool because this is these were Mike's characters originally category five and torment. And, and it's, it's really neat that Mike gives me the opportunity to to write his characters. And I appreciate that. And, you know, he. I was surprised when he let me have my Kronos. I can't even remember if he just gave him to me or if I asked for him. But you know, that's you my, asked
3: for. You asked for him. That's not about right. <laughs> One of trades. I, I I remember having to think about it. Uh, but but it was but it was cool. But i sorry to interrupt you there. But yeah, oh, that, that was. I'm glad all. you're you, still
1: there. Um, yeah. The you know, I just was having Spike out there. I know Spike was originally just a uh, Galactica kind of giveaway or whatever, and. You know, but he's supposed to be an intricate character on Kronos, and he needed guys, and, and they were there, and I asked you, I guess I asked you for him, and you said yes, and I appreciate that. And I love what Werner did with him. And, and Torment is, yeah, I want to say he's one of my favorite characters, but he's been so much fun to write because he's just a jerk, and he's just, you know, like me and, I'll just say it. Me and Mike joked about Torment. We said, he's so annoying that that I might have Spike stuffed him into a leveler costume, and, and it would <laughs> love to be running around going, trying to talk. And Torment would be, be Torment would be missing. Like, where did Torment go the whole time? And I'm not gonna do that because I like the the card so much. So that's why I'm saying this. That, but that was the original idea. It was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stuff Torment in a leveler suit. He's that it? but that's how annoying this guy is to where I might do it. So I don't know. We'll see. I might do it. The category <laughs> five <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Category five is putting up with them and Spike's putting up with him because he's a formidable, like here's again, I'm a big stat geek, right? So there's only two guys in the set. Who, on level three defense uh they got a tag and a leave a separate on their downs mm-hmm. one's mm-hmm. warden, obviously because he's experienced makes sense, and the other's torment, and the reason I did that for torment is personality. I want to give you this guy who who's got a disqualification of six and this is a, I hope maybe again in the future we could talk more about just the stats because there's so much to talk about yeah. um, but you know i I don't want a gladiator with a four disqualification four. So I, I want right. a gladiator with a disqualification six. Right. And, but I, I don't, I think just cause a guy has a six doesn't mean he can't be a, an intelligent just cause a guy wants to hurt you and maybe doesn't care about getting disqualification. He could still be a great technician. And that's kind of, for whatever reason, that's how I see torment. So you get him on level three and he's got the tag and, and the leave separate because he knows what he's doing. This guy's a gladiator. He's an aether. and he's a great tag wrestler. All these all these things that Aethern uh are known for, he's he's got some of those traits. Even though he's this loose cannon who who creates more problems than he's probably worth. <laughs> I think I thought the cool dynamic was he's it's almost like he's wasting his talent. You know how you see guys like that in the NFL? Totally. That's what more is, in my mind. Category yeah. five is in its fight because Todd. Remember Todd, you told me you thought based on the art you thought these guys would be different. Their yeah, different. yeah. It
2: looked like category five was more like the bigger guy, and the torment was more like the, the 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 smaller guy or something. I oh. thought, yeah.
1: Well, category five is the smaller guy, five, six, one eighty nine, nine. And this was challenging because you know, Mike created this great character, so you want to stay true to the character, but I didn't w I knew immediately I didn't want to do the bold stats thing again. So we came up with this finisher and and it, and it works great. And, and, and luckily, we're able to fit on the card. We don't have to read too much. And I think it works because this guy, you know, it's again, here's a challenge Mike created a five foot six, sub 200 pound gladiator. Like, what am I going to do with this guy? So I got, yeah, I, he can't have great power. You know, he's going to have this elite agility. He's got to be a, a fantastic tag wrestler. If you look at his level two defense, he's got two minus one reversals. That's not very strong. He has a down in level two. He has two downs of level three. This guy's a beast. I've been using him. He's in my final eight in my 32 man uh, tournament of the Immortals. And he just, he, you know, these agile guys, these real agile guys, they they do good against the bigger guys. Um, yeah. And you look at this guy, plus two power, two minus one reversals, you think, oh my God, this guy's going to get swatted around. And he's a, and you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, Pac. Is that the guy's name? Pac? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Small, but like, Big you know st- plus two power is not you know it's not good it's not good, um but you put him <laughs> in there against cool <laughs> sorry, Mike, you put him there against cool, and he dominates, you put him in there against warden and he throws them both around and he hits his little plus six finisher, whatever that is uh, roll finisher, and so he's like a little bulldog and and the art is amazing, and you know Werner put that five on his face and he just looks awesome, so I'm real happy with these guys i don't you know they're not supposed to be like the best gladiator tag team ever, or even like one of them. But I think personality wise, I think they're power packed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And their personality definitely comes through in, in, in the booklet. Now you mentioned something and, and, you know, we've got, we've got some time, so I, I definitely didn't want to, to leave this out of the conversation because we talked about it before we even started recording. Um, yeah. You mentioned moves and you mentioned stats and uh, you know, I, I have always, it's really honestly, probably only been within the past, like, I mean, gosh, when you play a game for 25 years, you know, it's really probably only within the past maybe five years or so. That I've really truly come to appreciate uh, certain things. And I, I always like from the get go, I was always big into, you know, choices and the choice chart, but I think it took me a while to fully grasp just how much it can help to determine, you know, the quality of a character and the quality of matches that they'll have and, and, and putting them up, up against other people. And, you know, I've, I, again, I've always appreciated, I've always used them. Um, but I do think that, you know, you know, the past five, 10 years, it's really been the time when I've really kind of like come into, uh, understanding exactly how, how it more works. And so, you know, looking at these cards, one of the things that you mentioned is that on level two in particular for, you know, like into the ropes and the turnbuckle, like there's, there's always that choice. And, and so, uh, I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I had full reign on this set, you know, with the blessings of Tom and everybody, which is awesome. So I made these cards, how I like the game to flow, how I like, um, things to be. So if you take all 15 of these cards, you lay them out and you look at their level two offenses, you'll notice that every single ropes or turnbuckle that appears is covered by a choice. And I do this because I don't want matches. I love the cards and I love the stats and I love the agility and the power and all that stuff. And all that's unique to each card. The The, the charts are the same for everybody. And I know they're different based on the ABCs and yada, yada. But for the most part, I don't like – necessarily win a match. You got a match and all of a sudden you guys get thrown in the ropes every other move. So I want to give people the choice if you're on level two and, and you want to roll down to level one and some guys it makes more sense. A guy like Olympia he's got that big add one move and some guys it does it. But I want to give people a true choice in the middle of a match, which is what level two is, right? The middle of the match. To keep it going throw a guy in the ropes, throw a guy in the turnbuckle or, or roll down to level one. I think that an uncovered out of the ring or an uncovered death jump. I think that says more about a wrestler's personality. A guy like a guy like, let's just look at these guys. A guy like Proteus has an uncovered out of the ring. A guy like torment has an uncovered out of the ring. These guys are, are hammers. They're going to throw yeah. you out of the ring and try to hurt you. A guy like, you know, you know, there's a bunch of guys, a guy like uh, a true blue who we didn't really talk about. I think was a little bit of a spoiler, but a guy like true blue, this guy's a hardcore wrestler that wants to, you know, but he's, He's so loyal to the rubric. He wants to hurt you inside the ring. He just, I, I hadn't put a choice in this guy's out of the ring. He's, he, you know, he, he does, he's not going to throw people out of the ring. So there's, there's different guys like that. Um, category five, I think he's got an uncovered death jump because that's a guy who's going to fly off top rope, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, But you're never like, oh, my God, that guy loves throwing people in the ropes, you know? It's, right. Play that. It's always, oh, that guy loves throwing somebody out of the ring. Or he loves throwing. So that's how I made it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if people like using the choice downs or the choice charts, but I love them. And, and you can play these cards. You know, if you want to throw people in the ropes and then the turnbuckle all the time, you can do it. But if you don't, you don't have to. And I like, I actually like um, when ropes and turnbuckle appear on level one. And the reason Mm -hmm. I like that is because a chart and Todd, Todd and I talk about this all the time, a chart on level one, that can turn into a, all of a sudden a level three down is huge, oh, huge yeah. advantage. So a guy like Cosmos, he has an end of the turnbuckle. You go, oh, does it have a level three move on level one? Well, he's gotten into the turnbuckle, and that's a 50-50 or better chance that, that his opponent could immediately be down level three from level one, right? Because right. So the guy in turnbuckle hits a 12 or whatever. So I like our level one because it, it offsets those, those minus one moves, right? Cause you got the weak moves on top and you got a ropes or turnbuckle on level three. So on level two, it's a little bit different. You have more level three moves. You have, you start to get more into your heavy choice charts, your choice D's, your choice E's. Mm-hmm. So when you, at least again, at least in my opinion, when you throw those, those covers on the into the ropes and the turnbuckle, you're gonna, you're gonna play those choice D's and those choice E's more. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. So that's yeah, absolutely thing. I'm here. I'm really into the stats. I'm really into like, like, Hey, Jim Steele, remember when I beat you at Galacticon with monolith and you were wolf? I know you're listening. So <laughs> I did that because I was on level two defense with, I think into the turnbuckle. And I cho- I rolled up to level one, I hit him with the Andromeda drop and pinned him. And that's awesome. And that's how it works. And it's, it's, you know, this is a simulator we talk about all the time. It's a simulator. It's great. And, and, and you write your storylines and stuff, but to me, it's all about the stats. You know, it's, and you want to have some choices in there. You want to have some strategy in there. And, you don't, and that's what's great about the game. You don't have to. If you just want to throw the dice and, and, and see what happens, happens. It's cool. But right. for the player who wants strategy, maybe wants to go back and forth, maybe every other match or every other fight card or whatever, these cards, I don't know if it'll 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 work, but that's how they're designed. They're designed to have, like, give you more choices than ever. Eh, you know, more choices than uh than ever than even than I've done with past Koros cards. I've put more attention to detail. Me and Mike went over these cards so many times, moving things around, making sure things were right. So, it's important that people understand the amount of attention and care that goes into the stats. Um, it's not easy, it's not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. I, don't,
2: I don't think after hearing this that people are going to question that there is no thought put into these stats for sure.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm a stat geek. I'm sorry.
0: One of the things that I love uh, is just last night, I was I had a big match um, between Ricky Dozen and Lou Thez in my uh, uh, my Legends Fed. And, uh, you know, as, as someone who plays primarily alone, um, like most of us do, um, it it just gives you the opportunity to, to really, you know, manipulate the flow of a match, um, without cheating, basically, you know, without, without deciding, well, I'm the promoter and I wanted this guy to win, or I wanted the match to go this way or whatever. So I'm going to fudge this and whatnot. It's a wonderful way to be able to, you know, to, to not only to manipulate the flow of a match, but also for me, one of the things that I love so much about the game, and I do this obviously when I'm writing, uh, uh, but but even when I'm playing, I try to just get into the head of, of the wrestler, mm-hmm. and 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 it's like what would know, what would Luthes do in this moment, you know? And, and it's like you said, it's like, well, why would I throw this guy into the ropes right now, right. you know? And I think that and I think that that's telling too for you know. I mean the prime example that you gave obviously was like the out of the ring and the death jump stuff. Like if somebody's got an out of the ring and it's not covered like you're saying, I mean, you know that this guy's a brawler, like this guy wants to take things outside. Um you know, if they've got a uncovered death jump then yeah, like you said they want, you know, they they want to fly. Um but but again, you know, having those choices and 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 utilizing the choice charts and being able to understand that sometimes like it you know, if you're having a match that feels one sided, well sometimes it's really easy to turn the tables because you go into that choice chart and all of a sudden you're left with well this guy's got a minus 4 agility I'm going to go with the agility move and see if I can't get the thing going the other way for a while and so it's just a perfect opportunity to do that and I think that you know the the game sometimes is so much deeper um than than people might realize and and let's face it most of the people listening to this podcast you know know that um but I think it's one of the joys of the game and it, and and it, and it really is something that you know the more you immerse yourself in it the more that it it pays off and the intricacies um will will just kind of show themselves to you so I'm I'm really thrilled to know the amount of work that went into the cards and I think that it'll pay off for promoters when they're when they're rolling out matches um real quick just because you know I, I wanted Rob to dominate this part of the conversation but I do want to throw it uh over to Todd and Mike for a second Todd Um, I'd just love to know kind of some of your overall thoughts on battle lines and maybe your favorite character, you know, or a couple characters from the set. If you, if you have any that come to mind off the, off the top of your head.
2: Well, I mean, I, I mean, overall, I love the whole concept there. Um, I mean, I, you guys have hit on so many great characters there. I really kind of like all the team concept and really the, the ability to kind of, mix-and-match teams. I'm a big fan of uh, trios matches, and I know Rob and I were talking before about, like, how many great trios there are. I mean, I was kind of developing, you know, a tournament, and, you know, I came up with, like, uh, 10 of them right away and i'm like you know and that's you know not even including some of the heavy hitters in there too uh so many great ways of flexibility with that and kind of coming up with different teams and like team versus team dynamics and that's i think the part that really excites me
1: yeah, well, yeah that is our influence uh, in chronos
0: I was just getting ready to say you could easily do like a, you know, like a king of trios type, you know, Absolutely. tournament easily, uh, with, with battle lines, which would be a heck of a lot of fun. And, you know, and, and, and kind of almost mimicking what Jakara does or did where they would have talent come in just basically for those shows with Kronos. It's so easy to set up to say like, well, we're bringing in, you know, this guy from this year or whatever for, for our, for our team, which would be awesome. Um, Mike, now, obviously, uh, you you know, you had a a lot of involvement with the set and with, you know, helping with the creation of the set uh, uh, from from what Rob has been telling us. But, you know, I am curious as to just, you know, your thoughts uh, overall and any in any favorite characters that you have from from the set uh,
3: that you didn't create. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it's funny because, you know, I, I think that this the neat thing about this set to me was we had promoter prime. Um before we divided it up into three separate product lines, um, it was, there was a lot of people who they, they liked what they got out of Legends, they liked what they got out mm-hmm. of um, Indies because they got new cards, new guys, or alternate versions of guys. And with Champion, the Champion's cards that came out were more novelty cards. They weren't cards you could really use. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when, when Rob um you know, came up with the idea, you know, like, hey, I'd like to do some of these cards that were redo, you know, won't be redone in color for a long time. And so, you know, Mensar and Pegasus, if you look at them, are very close to the originals. You know, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're, there's not, they weren't reinterpreted versions of those guys. Um, but, you know, as we went along, they got, you know, reimagined a little bit. And then it was, you know, I, I challenged Rob on some guys, like he was talking about with like the classics, 3000 guys and, and he, he just kept tweaking along and it was like, this has to be a story now. Like it, it has to be. And so, you know, it was, it, you know, I, I, I mean, the neat thing about Rob is he takes a challenge and, and, and he responds and, and, and he comes up with something that you don't expect. Um, and so to me, that's been the neat thing about this, um, you know, in terms of, you know, characters, I guess, uh, just as a little spoiler, I actually thought about using twin blood in the future shock line oh, and, nice. and, and they were going to be an older version of the tag team, right? Cause at that point they would have been in the end of their run. And so I was like, well, how could I do that? And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's what people want. And then when Rob, the, the way that all went down, where the, you know, we wound up with Twin Blood uh, to me, Warden was sort of—I'll just say—I it was kind of what I wanted to do with them, but I didn't know if I could pull it off, and he pulled it off better than I ever could have. So it was—it was really that was, I guess, to me, just from a creative standpoint, was probably um, even though it wasn't the original intent of of the character, the, the fact that we got there with it, I thought was just a really. Um, cool thing. I mean, Cosmos, uh, I'm, you know, early classics we were talking about on the last podcast. Um, obviously, uh, I'm fairly invested in that character. And, uh, I thought that he was my, Phantos was my favorite villain, um, you know, for, from the early sets. So probably still my favorite villain. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, so the, he's another one that I, I think, uh, Rob just did a fantastic job with. I mean, that's the neat thing is, is that he, Rob was able to reinterpret some of these characters and, and evolve them without like compromising what's, what you loved about the character. Like Cosmos being one, you know, I mean, he, he still is Santos, you know, just, just on a different path. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and so I think that that's, that's kind of I guess that's the best testament is that he he didn't copy what was done, but but he stayed true to what was done before. Yeah,
0: well, and I think that that's one of the things, too, that you could say about your future shock sets, Mike, is that there is something about and it's earlier why, you know, why, why I kind of use that term about the metaphorical DNA and the, the spiritual you know successor is that there is this. You, you know, there's this great uh, uh, way of taking these characters, and you know, maybe pushing them just a, you know a little bit outside the box, or even you know further outside the box, and yet you know, there's still that that essence, you know, of of the character that that, that we know, and 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 I love that, and, and especially you know, in the terms of cosmos, you know, like you say this is this is a cosmos that that it's not even necessarily that he took another path so much as he had another path delivered to him. And I think that that, you know, makes things really, really interesting because it's like you said, this is still the same guy. It's just, you know, that there, that there was a different set of circumstances, um, presented to him. Um, you know, And when, when I was in acting school, you know, that was one of the things that, uh, uh, in, in like play analysis 101, you know, we're talking about given circumstances and those sorts of things from like that, that, that perspective and, uh, uh, just kind of getting into the way that the character is the same; it's just yep. the circumstances change, and, and and I think that that's absolutely true for some of the characters that you've been using and, and creating in Future Shock, and you know is is it's true for these characters here in Battle Lines. Um, you know, I, I, I suppose the, the the last question that I want to ask directly to you, Rob, is uh, there's already. Naturally, as people are already asking about the next Legends expansion, uh, there's already conversation about if there's going to be another battle line set. And uh, you know, if you don't want to answer that question directly, that's totally fine. I know, you know, maybe it's been hinted at here or there. But do you do you have plans and hopes for uh, another set, or do you want this to kind of just stand on its own for a while and see where it goes?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll answer it. So here's what I'd love to see. I, I it's a big set. There's a lot of a lot going on. I want people to enjoy it. Um, I don't want to do. I don't have any plans to do anything next year with it. Um, we have a lot of other things we'd like to work on, and I'll leave it at that. But yes, I have part two all figured out in my head, and part three. And 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 I will say this too. I don't. I. 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 I at least as of today, I see. I see Chronos as a trilogy. I don't want to do. I don't want to do annual sets. I don't want it to keep going. I want to just wrap it up. And I and I like you know. I don't want to change Kronos. There's the spirit of Kronos the way time wrote it. Um, I don't want to say too much more about the direction we're going in. But sure, <laughs> it's not it's not anything that needs to be to go on for four or five or six sets. Like I think we could. I think we could set a table. And and, then it's this thing that people could always have and always play and always jump into at any time. And just this, this live active thing where it's like I said, it's the ultimate. And I know I say this all the time. It's the ultimate. It's up to you promoter fed. So let's say one day we stop writing Kronos. It's still, it's still a live fed that, that's, that you can jump into at any point and that's the spirit of it. And we're going to hopefully kind of bring that all back. You know, Kronos has kind of been on the back burner for, before we got back into this, into this in 2017, I think you said it was on a back burner for a long time. I think it co what did, what, what did Tom's original Chronos story coincide? What year did that? It was th- whatever year Colossus came out in.
3: It was, it was the uh, 2098, I think, and it yeah. was also and it was when Classics 3000 came out. No, no, not the Classics 3000. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, 2079. 79 was the first.
1: Was the first yeah. One, yeah, right. But what was that like? 15 years ago in real our life, you know. Our dimension, whatever. At least, so yeah. you know. So I want to, re- you know, it, it's fun on the board. So many questions, and, and you have to remind people what Chronos is. And people are getting into it, and they're getting back into it. And and I want to keep that spirit alive. And I want, I want to, I want people to be excited to, like the GWF is obviously amazing, and it's awesome, and and, and it's it's the it's the it's the A plus fed, and it's Tom stuff, and and it's tough to. It's tough to go away from Tom's stories because next year, when he writes the next set, you got to go, ah, oh, this guy made him a heel. Now he's a good guy. On Kronos, you could do anything you want and it's going to work. Yeah. And, I, and I love that. Well, I love that we have options. Mike and I talk about this all the time. I think what he's doing with Future Shock is different than what I'm doing with Kronos, which is different than what Tom's doing with the GWF. Absolutely. You know, and it has to be different to be, to, to be sustainable. Well,
3: and, and the other neat thing I think about what Rob's done is, you know, because he sort of left it flexible, if, you know, you get that, you know, 2088 GWF color set and you say, man, I really want to bring in Bishop Hell, you can, you know, like you, you can bring him in and he could join the villain team.
1: Bishop Hell against um, the managing force, dude, do it. Yeah, Yeah. right. Absolutely. Awesome point. Right.
3: I mean, I mean, so, and, and that to me is, is another neat thing about the way, you know, Rob structured this is that it doesn't need an update in a year because you can update it yourself like anytime you want.
0: Yeah. And well, and I mean, that that's something that I was already even thinking about myself is it's like, you know, I I, like there are guys that I'm thinking about, oh, you know, it'll be it'd be fun to bring him in and bring him in. And, and, And I think that it's almost it's weird because it almost gives it like this territorial feel where you can bring guys from other sets in and give them like a run for a few months or whatever and then and then let them go, you know, and keep your kind of core roster there, which is which is a really cool kind of thing um, for, for, and if it, and it it's perfectly for Kronos, but it's, you know, it's great because obviously with the GWF, which you like you say, I mean, we all love it. That's why we're here. But with the GWF, you, the parameters are a little bit more set if you want them to be, you know, it's up to you promoters still, but you know, for a guy like me who plays mostly by the book, it's, you know, it's kind of sad and, you know, uh, uh same thing with future shock, it's kind of set the way, you know, and yet with this, it really is, you know, there's this huge pool to draw from and it, and it kind of does. It almost reminds you of legends in a way where you've got this huge pool of wrestlers to draw from and you can bring them in and do what you want with them and, and, and have things go however you want them to go, which uh, I, I think a lot of promoters will, will appreciate and enjoy um, even with like the new best upset, you know, that, that, that Tom yeah, did just like think. those guys are mm-hmm. perfect to bring
1: in. Perfect. Yeah. That was a great set too. That was a really Yeah. Good set. Yeah. And again, that was something totally different. <laughs> Totally different than what, like, what we're doing. Totally different than even what Tom was doing with his with his GWF. So it's just, it's it's amazing to me that after thirty years, that that new ideas are still popping up, new characters, things like that. And it's
0: amazing to me too
1: the idea that
0: you know, as it does get broader and as things do continue to open up, that there's this great feeling of coexistence. Between each, you know, because it's like, I feel like, especially the way you open your, your battle lines booklet up with a nod to Mike's future shock with, you know, Paganax like taken off. And, and I, and I love the way that it dovetails in there. And, you know, and obviously, you know, paying homage to what Tom had did originally with Kronos and even talking about like, you know, going back to like 2090s and, you know, and covering some of that stuff in the book. So I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I love the way that everything is, is fitting together and it doesn't feel forced. You know, it feels like this is kind of just a natural progression as things widen out, and and I love that.
1: Well, that's believe it or not, that's how it, it's been behind the scenes. It's been it's been a gradual, like, hey man, let's do some crossover work. Let's let's do something with Centra. like the whole survivors thing. It was it was a crossover, and it was it started out on central, and it and it like we talked about in the past. That's just the beginning of something that's going to be amazing, but. Yeah, it's it's fun. Me and Mike are, are friends and and we're coworkers and we've known each other for you know forever and 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 we get to work on the, this game that we grew up loving together and it, it's awesome and it's like there's just it there's so many possibilities. Um, it's just it's amazing that after all these years it's still as fun as it is and it's a ton of fun. So just yeah. to talk about the design, to play, everything about it is fun
0: yeah no i completely agree i mean that's there's your selling point right there for any listeners that haven't yet checked any of these sets out it's just fun it's just fun um so uh can can, can
2: i mention one thing on pagan x i love that you wished him all the best on his future adventures i i I pop for that one
0: Yeah, that was great. Um, um I'm I'm glad you timed in there though, Todd, because I do I wanna shift over to you next, um, because uh obviously, you know, we've just had the release of these new sets. A lot of them are still in the mail, you know. Post office and and weather and COVID willing people will have them sooner rather than (laughs) later. Um, but, uh, I know that people are going to want to know what you can tell us about what's, you know, what's next, what to expect next. Obviously, there's the next virtual con, which will be in January. Um, can you tell us any more about that? Anything that that people can look forward to with that and, and anything else that might be on the horizon that people can prepare themselves for?
2: Well, I, th- I think as far as a lot of the 2021 releases, I mean, we'll we'll get into a lot of that in that virtual con, like a lot more details on that. I think, you know, something similar to what you saw this year, you know, in the past years, we tended to have like one-off sets here and there. And, you know, whatever month, you know, there might be something else different there. I think we kind of like having these 10 full-time periods and having, you know, representation across a couple of the different, uh, the different brands that we have. I think that'll probably continue next year, but we'll get more into that probably that virtual con on January 23rd and probably what you would expect the first uh, part of the year. We'll, we'll have a lot more details for that. As far as the con itself, uh, expect something uh, to come out probably soon after the new year. We'll have money, more details and, and uh, you know, how you can get your ticket to that and whatnot. It will be, I'll, I'll give, you know, just mention right now, as far as timing, it to be from about 11am to 7pm so kind of like uh, what we did for the Saturday part of Galacticon you know we won't have anything on uh, on Sunday uh i know myself and probably rob uh, and many others will be busy watching the uh NFC and AFC championship games, so, you know, but uh, this will be a nice distraction for the Saturday, Uh, but we'll have some game playing first, so if you want to jump into the tournaments, we'll have that in the first part of the day, you know, probably from about 11 until maybe about, I'd say, close to 4 p.m., and then really the, you know, the other kind of like the, really you know, the the releases, the Q&As and any kind of special interviews, stuff like that will be pretty much for Team 4 and 7 p.m this is what we're planning on at this point so i have a i have a whole basic sketched uh, thing plotted out uh obviously if we have anybody you know cool you know extra that we want to include uh we'll, we'll fit them into there um we probably will also have a mini auction as well maybe not as full-blown as our Galacticon auction but i think we'll have a a small auction as well uh, as part of this too so trying you know, trying to make it a. uh this is the first of kind of a um, you know many years of a uh, you know a good you know virtual uh, con kickoff type event uh, for the beginning of year. The one thing I will say, I'll put out to all the listeners out there: if you have a good idea for what we want to call this, like let us know. I might even put something up on the board. See, so, yeah, I want to have, have a cool name for this. I mean, obviously we got Galacticon there. I, I did the holiday kickoff before. I don't know if we want to kickoff again. I mean, it seems like a very much of a corporate type of speak, you know, maybe there's something, uh, cooler and, you know, you know, more, uh, you know, filter games friendly that we can do, but, uh, we'd love to hear some ideas for what we could call this. Cause I, I see this as something that'll continue in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I think that that's great. And I know that people are already excited about it and, you know, there there's definitely been chatter on the boards already. Um, I know, uh, one of the things that I saw mentioned today, uh, will there be a battle lines portion of the tournaments?
2: Oh, definitely. There's definitely a battle <laughs> this tournament. No, no doubt about it. We'll be, we'll be doing that Tournament of the Immortals uh, type of thing there. Uh, I think what we learned from the last one, I wanted to try a small tag team tournament. It's a little tough with the tag teams, just getting the timing down on that. So right, we'll probably right. wind up keeping things to like singles tournaments. Not to say we won't do a tag type thing in the future, but I think for this one, we're looking for four tournaments. We'll do something Legends related, something Indies, definitely something Battle Lines. And then something else, uh, Champions of the Galaxy related. So we'll have you know kind of like a four tournaments. I think we'll also probably wind up having the finals of the tournaments be uh, towards the end of the con. So we'll kind of get through most of it, and then have the the finals be uh, part of like you know along with you know the Q and like probably at the end of the day where we can not crown the champions for each of that. That's kind of what we're thinking at this point.
0: Nice, nice. And, uh, you know, this past October with the holiday kickoff, uh, fans got the, the big reveal of the powers of pain and barbarian. Uh, can we expect a big reveal in January?
2: Uh, I'm sure we'll be, <laughs> we'll be revealing some of these out. The, the, you know, the independent, you know, the indie set partnership, I'm sure we'll talk a little, we'll be talking about that. We'll mention, uh, I'm sure we'll have some artwork reveals, uh, for what's going on for a couple of our sets there. Uh, I don't know if we'll have any major new name or not. That'll really depend on, uh, what Mike and the legends team, uh, you know, <laughs> want to share at that point. So, um, yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you, you know, obviously October's was great, and 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 I still have some you know incredibly fond memories of of, of Galacticon this year. Um, hopefully, uh, come July, we'll be doing it in person um, rather than virtually, because uh, as as happy as I was to finally get my first Galacticon in, I'd rather do it face to face with everybody. So. You know, vaccines and 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 everything. Willing, we'll be able to uh, to do that in July. Um, anything anything else you got for us right now, Todd?
2: Uh, well, and just speaking to Galacticon, yeah, I I'll, I'll echo that. It'd be nice to have something more in person there. I'm not sure exactly what we're planning to do for Galacticon. I really kind of want to wait and see how everything's going with everything there. Uh, I do want to get us back to Chicago, whether that happens this year. Or if it, you know, whether it happens in 2021 or 2022, I expect it to happen one of the next couple of years. But I don't want to say for sure it's going to be this year. It might be something. Uh, it might be something closer to the East Coast, just to kind of make sure you know for Mike and I to get you know be part of that and and whatnot. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll wind up we'll we'll know more probably later on. I, I don't want to say anything too far in advance because at this point we there's too many variables. We really don't know.
3: Yeah, we 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 would we, ideally we'd be announcing you know the Galacticon details at the kickoff in in January, yeah. but in in light of um, I, I don't think any of us thought we'd be sitting in this position, um, still concerned about the pandemic this after this much time, but but it is what it is, and we're gonna make the best of the situation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um,
2: so, uh, so the kickoff in twenty twenty two, we'll plan to have Galacticon twenty twenty two. You know, unless some other crazy thing happens. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get we get visited by uh, cygnists and uh, yeah, they start attacking us. You never know. So, <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, it's it's it, it'll be A just the first battle, step right? of, of dreams coming true, um, <laughs> of, of, of champions of the galaxy coming to fruition. Um, uh, Mike, I would be remiss if if I didn't ask: uh, Are you hard at work on the next Future Shock set already?
3: Well, I'll just say that there's some some notes sitting on my desk as we speak. So awesome, awesome. Well, I know I am just one of
0: many that are excited for for that next set, and uh, um, you know, a- again, just with what like you and Rob have, have brought to the table um with the respective sets uh, you know adding to the texture of, of champions of the galaxy and what tom does with the gwf has been super exciting and um you know as, as kind of just my part of, of the of the journey you know being the host of this podcast having the opportunity to have spoken with you you know upon the release of both of those sets and, and now speaking with rob on the release of this set i'm just yeah it's it's a thrill for me because as someone who's followed the gwf now for you know, over 25 years and, and, and just loved this game so much. It's just such a cool uh, uh, new, new layer to this, to this awesome universe. So, um so i want to thank you guys for your work and i want to thank you guys for your time um especially tonight rob thank you so much for you know sharing so much of your thoughts we you know i I, in a way i feel like we've scratched the surface so i definitely want to have you back on so we can talk even more about uh, uh some of the cards that we didn't get to and some of the mechanics and stuff like that i'd love the opportunity to pick your brain some more
1: yeah thanks for having me this is the first podcast i've ever been on um you know i talk to you guys all the time you know off podcast but this was great <laughs> and i would do it again thanks for having me yeah absolutely well thank you thank you mike
0: as always thank you my friend um i i i've, I've missed your voice and and you know you're you're not on video tonight so i haven't been able to see your animated <laughs> face just a picture but uh, uh thank you so much uh for for, for being a part of this tonight
3: oh it's a pleasure to be on sam great great talking to you
0: and Todd, thank you, sir, for, for, you know, making sure the wheels don't fall off and uh, <laughs> making sure the packages go in the mail. Um, everybody on the boards, uh, give this man a round of applause, uh, all of our listeners. Um, thank you so much for, for obviously for all your work and thank you uh, for, for being here with us uh, tonight to discuss all of this. It's, you know, it's always, always a pleasure for me and, and always exciting. So thank you.
2: No, it's awesome. Thank you for having me, Sam. And thanks for continuing to do this and, uh, you know, letting us on there to talk about everything that's going on. And you uh, hope we do a lot more of these in uh, 2021.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot to talk about, I know, and I can't wait to, to, to be a part of sharing that with, with everyone. So uh, everyone, we're, we're going to go home. But uh, in the meantime, I do want to mention a couple of things. Um, my uh, my friend, my buddy, Matt Charlton, um, has his brand new book, J-Crowned Volume 2. We spoke about on the last episode of the podcast. You can hear my interview with him. Um, in addition to just being a lovely human, he is one of the most knowledgeable people uh, about wrestling that i i have ever spoken with uh genuinely and uh his his book covers uh all of the junior titles in the big three organizations in japan uh, new japan all japan and pro wrestling noah as well as uh, having a section devoted to uh some joshi titles uh including the wwwa title from all japan women uh, and then of course uh, the world of stardom title and the neo speed title from stardom uh, fantastic artwork uh, excellent bios of, of the people that have held these titles and uh, again just a great guy you should check him out at shining wizard ds on Twitter um, and you'll get to see some of his artwork every day because he has made it his mission to post a new piece of artwork every single day and it has been such a joy to follow that and and, and learn about the talents that he's posting about um, also want to give a shout out to Tim Hornbaker whose new book uh, Master of the Ring uh, the biography of Nature Boy Buddy Rogers is available now at crowbarpress.com I am looking forward to being able to speak with him in the near future um unfortunately my copy has not arrived yet due to all, all of the uh the postal messiness that we're experiencing right now. Um, you can't blame anybody for that though. It's just a part of, uh, of the situation currently. Uh, but in the meantime, I just want to wish everybody a very happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, take care of yourselves and one another and, uh, you know, keep the dice rolling, uh, whether it be virtually or, or, or literally in, in, in person, uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, talk to y'all later.